What's up, y'all? Kofi Kingston here, and I would love to have a drink with Wrestling on the Rocks, depending on what that drink is. Preferably non-alcoholic, you know? How's it going? Kofi Warriors, Soda. I would love to have a we're wrestling on the rock. Maple syrup. I will never have a drink with wrestling on the rocks. Welcome to the dive bar of the IWC Wrestling on the Rocks, episode one again. That's right, we don't get to episode two until we stop fucking up episode one. Which is the only thing we do right, is get episode one wrong. With me today, my drinking buddy and yours, the other half of the Ironics! Kevlar on the rocks. How Kevlar on the rocks over there? What's up, man? What's next? I'm the old Twitter machine. It is when the next. Yeah. He loves when people slide into his DMs, when they send him all sorts of... Uh, tweets about uh celebrities and their nefarious goings-ons dude i do love about social media is that you get to curate it for whatever you want and all i see is like the vegas like oh this adam levine thing's a mess and i keep scrolling because none of the actual story comes out so i have no idea what's going on over there other than that i'm sure if i looked it up it's a whole bunch of crazy stuff but to me i'm so like yeah this isn't wrestling, and I keep scrolling. <laughs> <laughs> Took me hours to find out Queen Elizabeth even died. I was like, Ugh, she's not wrestling or a Muppet. I'm out of here. Get this off my feed. Yep. What are you drinking, man? What's in your glass? How you been? Good. I'm good. Hanging in there. I am drinking peach crown with some sweet tea. Arizona sweet tea. It's not from Arizona. Tea, so it's like a Georgia sweet tea, but it's Arizona. Brooklyn. I mean, it's from Brooklyn, but it's named Arizona. And when I put Crown Royal in iced tea, I usually call it North Carolina sweet tea. But this is it's peach, so it's Georgia, but it's Canadian because it's Crown. Mm-hmm. That's a Long Island yeah. iced tea, I think, is what it is. North American iced tea. Yeah, <laughs> sweet tea. Dude, I'm having... I'm having Reeds. I don't know if you know that organic uh, soda company, Reeds. They have a craft ginger mule that's zero sugar. It's one of the sodas that I've always kind of liked because it's like not artificially colored and weird stuff. It's just like an organic soda. Uh, But they have a zero sugar uh, ginger beer that's alcoholic. And it's fucking great, dude. It's keto friendly. Alcoholic? Say what? Say it's alcoholic? Yeah, dude, seven percent. That's kind of heavy for um. No sugars. Yeah, with no sugar, it's got eight grams of carbs, so it's not like I can have like eight or nine of them. But I can have one. Yeah. Awesome. And how you been? How you doing? I'm good. We just Just figured out. Yeah, how's the sports is going? I put a couple one dollar bets down and lost all one dollars again. So. Yeah, <laughs> I had a really hot streak in the beginning. My first three bets all scored, and I was like, "This is easy. I'm good at this." And I've lost everything. So they hook you. Yeah. 
Now you're gonna have to. You don't have a gambling problem, right? You can still pay your mortgage. Yeah, I know. I I I did so bad that the DraftKings app actually gave me money. They're like, here's fifty five dollars <laughs> to bet with, and I was all like, well, this isn't. This isn't bad. <laughs> this is perfect. How could this ever go wrong? A, a gambling company that goes, you've lost so much money. Here's a little bit more. Sweet mm-hmm. the deal. Yeah. It's awesome, dude. We just love your company is what they're saying. Yeah. We just want to hang, dude. We just trying to hang. Uh, let the, us pay you. To- I feel like that what I need now is people to tell me like the upsets that no one thinks going to happen. It's going to happen. I think I'll put all my money on it. We'll see what happens to my life afterwards. Yeah. Yeah. And we don't hear from you. Yeah, he must have hit it big. Yeah. He must have hit it big or lost it all. <laughs> <laughs> Can you mortgage a computer? What? Yeah. Next week you'll be just in a clo- dark closet with your cell phone. Mm-hmm. Hey guys, wrestling in the rocks here. Yeah. What happened to all your stuff? Don't worry about it. Yeah. I'll get it back. Public library? <laughs> yeah. Free Wi-Fi, dude. <laughs> Can't believe not everyone's doing this. It's fucking free. Genius. Yeah. I would it, was, it was interesting, though, to see. I believe that there are teams that will just throw. I believe most teams will. They'll throw games because they don't need to win, so they don't try hard. I think we saw yeah. that with... Um, the Diamondbacks beating the shit out of the Dodgers. I think the Dodgers just sat it out. Well, they rest their starters, and the one time I bet against my team, they fucking win. Yeah. Like, I wasn't upset because it was big sweet. We beat the Dodgers, but at the same time, I was like, man, I lost a couple bucks. Yeah. Because yeah. the payout was pretty decent on that parlay I did. Yeah, because no one said that the Diamondbacks <laughs> could ever win that game. And then when you look at it... Oh, no, the Diamondbacks were actually favored in that game. I didn't understand it. Oh. I was like, why? That makes no sense. Of course I'm going to pick the Dodgers. And then I guess they knew what they were doing. Oh, well. That's why they made money and we're still here. Talking about wrestling. Yeah. <laughs> that's talking the extent of my... Uh, yeah, talking through my gambling problems. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I don't have, like, much for news... I do. I think we can get into. You want to just get into some of the shows? You want to talk shows? You want to talk? Talk. I'm. I'm a. I'm on the, uh, whatnot app right now. Pro wrestling tees went live. Oh yeah. It's kind of. Yeah, it's kind of crazy. Like, they have this uh, Blackpool Combat Club shirt, yeah. one of one, that just sold for, one hundred and twenty-five dollars. That's stupid. Yeah, I'm just watching these bids, and I'm like, "What are these people thinking?" Yeah, that's ridiculous. Not signed by anybody, nothing. Like, I mean, I can send you a one-on-one shirt. It's such a weirdly inflated market. The AEW merchandise stuff. I was looking up some of the AEW Chase um, figures. And mm-hmm. everyone's asking for like $200 for every Chase figure, whether it's one of 500, one of 5,000, one of 10,000, doesn't matter. If they found it, they want $200 for it. And when you look at like the WWE Elite Chase figures, which have yeah. like similar rarities and stuff, it's like 40 bucks, 50 bucks. It's all like yeah. people are just trying to make double. People are trying to make 10 times yeah. on the AEW stuff, and they're not even selling it. They just think that they should be able to, and it's fucking wild. Well, and I that's can't wait for when actually... we go out of business and those figures get real cheap. 
Well, it's funny that you mentioned that because they have a, a Sheeta, one of 3,000 action figures. It's mm-hmm. signed, but the current bid's 200 Yeah, but it's signed. I mean, at least there's that. Yeah, but... A lot of the Chase ones I was looking at are not signed or nothing. It's just ridiculous. I was looking at the Chase yeah. um, Ricky and the Chase Thunder Rosa. I don't get it. So, Can we just go somewhere and buy them at the store? Most of the time. Dude, I was at one place in the mall that um, their whole thing was, they were like a little collectible store, and I saw a pop that they put for $20, and then they put a little arrow saying damaged, and I look at it, and the box is like ripped the fuck up in this one corner. And what made me upset about it is I had been to Walmart earlier that day and saw six of that same exact pop for $20. And I was like, you're trying to tell me that you want full price for this because your intention was actually to sell it for three times the value or something. So you want a hundred percent of your money back for buying a damaged product. Like what the fuck? They just want the the 20 bucks to go then to Walmart and buy one in good condition and charge more for it. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Yep. Yeah. Cole Cabana's over here hosting the whatnot. It's interesting. That is interesting. I saw people. So there, there are people who will try to tell you that um, Colt Cabana is not any form of an owner of Pro Wrestling Tees and has nothing to do with them. He just likes the guys who runs it, and so he does spokesperson stuff for them. Mm-hmm. That's not fucking true at all. It's people trying to undermine what he's done, and his face is on the packaging. I mean, he's got no mm-hmm. reason to go out and do this thing right here either. So, like, I mean... It's Bro, just funny what people will convince now. themselves. His stuff? He's selling, yeah, he's selling a Colt Cabana elbow pad. What the fuck's an elbow pad? Looks like pad? when he was in the Dark Order. Ooh. Was he in the Dark Order? Yeah, he was. Yeah, that was no good. Uh, Going see. for about two fifty. Sorry, no more whatnot. I've bought a few drunken things off of whatnot. I, I, once you told me you were buying stuff on whatnot is when I, uh, deleted it from my phone. Cause I was like, oh, I'm worse than him. I know I'm worse than him at this stuff. I'm going to lose money quick if I actually log in successfully. Cause when I first got it in, there was almost nothing wrestling on it at all. And I was like, eh, I'm not going to use this much and didn't look at it. And then you're like, dude, there's a bunch of wrestling stuff starting to pop up. And I was like, delete, delete now. Delete, delete. Yeah. You just gotta uh, go for in the chat. Cheers to just in time. You just gotta find the right thing. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. It's interesting. I think it's cool. Maybe we should oh. do a whatnot. We should do a whatnot. I got all sorts of stuff I want to get rid of, and I can't seem to sell it on eBay. Yeah, we'll try we can do that. And sell one of one white towels with our face on it that we personally dried our fat asses off with. Dude, I can I can I can fuck up almost any of my shirts and turn it into a one of one. That's what I'm saying. Like I'll draw dick butt on all of the AEW shirts I have and say one of one AEW dick butt shirt. Collabo. Collab. (laughs) (laughs) So good. And then every time we sell something, like sold. That's right. Uh, I was going to ask you about a thing, but I realize it's primarily a Raw thing, so we'll just start Raw with that. But let's, you want to talk SmackDown? You want to talk uh, SmackDown? SmackDown, yeah. Let's go. Friday yes. night. 
We are sans Pat McAfee. We're feeling it. What do you think so far about... Uh, it's been Graves and Cole exclusively. I thought they were going to only use Graves for like a week, maybe two, and then have someone put someone over there. I don't know that they're going to mm -hmm. do that. And it's not that I have a problem with Graves at all. I like Graves. I know a lot of people don't. I think he does. Uh, I think he's really he's undermined in a level similar to how Marco Cole gets undermined in their abilities, but that's just a lot for one person to be doing is all. Yeah, you know. Yeah. I, don't know. I mean, I thought. See, originally I thought it was going to be somebody new that comes in, but then, how do you offer somebody basically a part-time position? Where, hey, you know, you can be here, and then when Pat comes back, you're out. Leave. Yeah. Here's the deal. You're cool right now, but seriously, dude, fuck you. <laughs> the yeah. second it needs to happen. So I did hear one person speculate, or not one person. Yeah. I saw someone, some people speculate about that he could always bring back, uh, he being uh, Triple H, bring back Morrow for SmackDown and have Morrow and, and Cole. Oh, okay. And that, in that specific... Miro. Oh, no. And then I was like, huh? Yeah. But I could, in, in the specific regard of you mentioning, you're basically asking for a part-time position. I mm -hmm. could absolutely see someone like Amaro coming in for just a few months and then leaving again. Yeah. Whereas I don't yeah. know if it's the same to be like, Hey, let's call up Wade Barrett. But then what happens when McAfee comes back, you know, then is Barrett back in NXT. Like mm -hmm. seems a little weird. Well, see, I think it'd be cool. Cause I mean, McAfee's going to be gone. I would assume until the, uh, once a college football, wait, is he doing college or pro college, right? college yeah so i would assume it's until you know middle of january when the college football season is over mm -hmm. if not a little sooner so you gotta think you know that's what three months away basically there's yeah. 12 smackdowns in there i think it'd be cool just to you know have a new person each week that would be neat yeah and then you can tune in and like oh who's it gonna be this week you know like, if next week it's, uh, I don't know, JBL or Booker T or, you know. Yeah. Just to give it, like, I don't know, something different. I'm trying to think of somebody that's even, like, hurt that'd be cool to fill in part-time. I think Big like E would e. be great. Yeah. Yeah. <clears throat> yeah, give Big E a little bit of a platform there, because at the same time, yeah, the mm -hmm. second... Yeah, bring Samoa Joe back. He's doing fuck all with the Ring of Honor Championship, whichever yeah. one he has. I think it's television. I don't know which one he's got. But I'm saying, bring in somebody. Aiden English. Yeah. He's not doing jack shit. He's a very yeah. mediocre to okay-ish commentator. I'm just kidding. I'm sorry. <laughs> he was good. He was solid when he was on 205 doing the commentating. It was good. I was just talking shit for no reason. Uh... But yeah, I'm I'm liking it so far. Uh, Logan Paul did open the show because he had Roman Reigns on his podcast. Um, what's it called? Impulsive, which is impulsive. That's the name of his uh, uh, the name of his uh, podcast. Podcast. Yeah. So Logan Paul comes out, he talks some shit, 
And then uh, we see the return of Paul Heyman. Yes. I love Which, Paul Heyman back. I love that he's back, but uh, I just don't like the that he just you know comes walking in the back. It was great. Like I was, I was expecting him to come back during uh, Clash of the Castle. Obviously, that didn't happen, but. I think he. I think he needed to. His return needed to be like a decent spot, not just hey. You think this was a bad spot for Paul Heyman? Yeah, I mean, he just walked out there. He walked out there with uh, the bloodline flanking him. He was talking some mad shit on Logan Paul. It was pretty dope. And then this was all to lead into the press conference. Did you see into the press conference? No, I didn't care to watch it. I heard it was, eh. It was pretty fucking cool. Here's what I liked about it. I've seen a lot of people talking shit about Logan Paul getting a match against Roman Reigns. He's going to be in the main event at Crown Jewel, all that stuff. In the press conference, I really loved Roman saying, hey, you're very talented and skilled, and on any given wrestling card, you have absolutely earned yourself a third match spot on any card. He goes, but you're trying to get to the top of this card. You have to, you know crawl before Turn you walk and walk before you run and he goes and once you run you can fly with you know the the big dog the tribal chief the stacked and smashed mm-hmm. roman did awesome on here as well but what i thought they did and what i think that a lot of people are missing is that it's clearly them hitching their wagon to logan paul and not logan paul just getting whatever he wants like 100 percent and it works out amazing. You know the other thing I think that it does? Oh, Grim Reaper in the chat. Hi. He, uh... Oh, cheers. The other thing I think is fucking cool is that without even saying anything, because here's the difference between WWE and Tony Khan. Tony Khan can't fucking help himself. Every time people are asking him questions, he goes, this, this isn't like what WWE is doing. He tried to do that with, uh, with his Grand Slam, which... He's talking shit on Crown Jewel. He goes, this, isn't, this is the real Crown Jewel, not some BS in Saudi Arabia. It's the Crown Jewel of the Northeast market, he said. So he was really stretching to make Crown Jewel even fit. He gets it to work and then has to talk about WWE. WWE doesn't have to talk about AEW. And when WWE does a press conference, who's there? Sports Illustrated, Forbes, ESPN. CBS. CBS. Well, All the people who cover Logan Paul's shit are covering WWE shit now because yeah. they did a press conference with Logan Paul, more or less. You know who wasn't there? Meltzer. <laughs> you know, Brian Alvarez was not front row getting a question. As much as I love Nick Houseman, Wrestling Inc. was not on the invite list for this press conference. And it's just, to me, it sets them apart in a way that goes without saying. It goes, yeah, yeah, when we do press conferences, the media is watching. When AEW does press conferences, they don't even feel comfortable calling it a press conference. They call it a scrum, which is not even the the correct term for what it is. A scrum is when... A scrum is a media scrum is when when a bunch of media just shows up to a thing and starts trying to scramble to get five seconds with whoever's talking. Sort of like on the outside of a trial. It's a scrum. It's not a press conference. They're just trying to get a guy. Hey, 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 whoa, 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 hey, what'd you say? You know, 
When you say, come here, you get a media pass and media pass people will get a seat at this table and we're going to come out here and address your questions one at a time. That's a press conference. AEW doesn't even want to call it a press conference because they know there's no press there. They call it a media scrum because they know it's wrestling journalism media. Again, I'm not trying to knock people who do that stuff. I love a lot of people who do and I was working with Wrestling Inc. there for a while and I think it's really cool. But it's that goes without saying separation. WWE's going to have a press conference and the media is showing up. AEW's going to do a yeah. media scrum and their hand-picked wrestling fans are going to show up. Yeah. When, you know, when you were comparing the two, like who's showing up, like AEW, the wrestling world is watching. Mm-hmm. When WWE does a press conference, the entire world is watching. Mm-hmm. You know, yeah. you said the Rolling Stones, the, you know, CBS, all them. Like, there's a difference. And, yeah, I definitely think, because at first I thought the same thing. As a wrestling fan, I was like, you know, who the fuck's Logan Paul to come in here and ask for a title shot and stuff like that? And then I realized, oh, this is not only just to bring in a bunch of new eyes again, yeah, but... It's, you know, it's opening up the the floodgates. And like you said, they're putting their WWE's, you know, connecting their trailer to Logan Paul. Yeah. Not the other way around. Not this time. Yeah. And I think it's amazing because the time they've been using Logan Paul was to legitimize him to the WWE audience first. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Like, we can't yeah. deny how good his matches have been. At this point, as wrestling fans, we go, oh, he's very good at this. But WWE yeah. can't deny what got Logan Paul to the dance? You know, YouTube stunts and calling out people at the who were the greatest of their era. And what would a what would a Roman Reigns say to that? What would a Paul Heyman say to that? Exactly what they said at the scrum. You can call out all of these shorter than underweight has been used to bees. I'm not trying to underplay any of the people he's fought the the Mayweathers and stuff, but none of them were peak championship and their era moments right these were all arguable moments and i think that i think even logan paul didn't win against floyd right he lost but he held eight rounds or some shit no it was no it was fucking stupid i was pissed off about that because i went to my brother-in-law's house to watch it and it was an exhibition yeah so there was no winning or losing yeah there was no judges basically you watched 10 rounds i think it was 10 or 12 rounds of sparring Oh, that's neat, but yeah, that's not a big fucking. Was, that, but yeah, yeah. When you're saying, "Hey, we're selling this pay per view," you know, buy this, and you're like, "Oh, cool, it's Logan Paul versus Floyd Mayweather." Yeah, but kind there of. weren't any judges, you know, like that was bullshit. Like, I was pissed. I was like, "This is stupid." That's so they went the whole thing, and then they everyone just stands in the ring, and all right, guys, thanks for coming. I hope you enjoyed this. That was it. I'm like, "Well, who the fuck won?" Like, that's yeah, it was crazy. dumb. That's crazy. So, okay. But at the same time, this is what got Logan Paul famous. This is what makes Logan Paul a ton of money. So it gets Jake Paul money. He's doing the, the Silva fight. And we in all want Arizona. the same thing. We all want Silva to kick the shit out of Jake Paul. I heard it was in Arizona. I asked I asked our mutual friend, what the fuck are we all not doing front row already? What's going on here? Because I don't want to give them any of my fucking money. Oh. Uh... What's the venue? Let me see if I can get get this comps. It's he, it's Gila River. The one uh-huh. I do. 
That's a maybe. Let me reach out. I do know someone at Gila River. It's a hard then maybe. Low it's maybe. Hard maybe. <laughs> <laughs> What's the Where'd line you... on this? What are the odds yeah. we talking? <laughs> yeah, if this was DraftKings, I'm putting a dollar down. And I've <laughs> yeah, got a pretty good it. history with dollar bets. <laughs> <laughs> But, uh, yeah, like, because I thought about it, too, because, you know, we talked about it, our mutual friend, and, you know, because he said he kind of wants to go, and I'm like, I kind of want to go, too, but I also want to look into it. Is this another exhibition match? Because I don't want to see that. I want to see a fucking boxing match. Dude, here's the deal, though. If I'm Silva, and Jake Paul's like, hey, let's do an exhibition, I go, yeah. But then when we the bell rings, I'm going to knock him out so hard that the exhibition is over. And I'll be like, oh, sorry, dude. I didn't realize you just were a glass-jawed little piece of shit. Sorry, dude. Just all that shit talk from before must have, like, riled me up a little bit more than I expected. And, yeah, sorry. You got, you got your rocks knocked off. I don't know what to tell you. Rough. You can't even handle sparring. Okay. Well, you know what I mean? Like, make him look like a little bitch. Oh, 100%. Bitch. Says, says, bitch. I don't think he'd whisper it. I don't know how to say bitch in Portuguese. Yeah, I don't got anything. <laughs> yeah. I would have to say, yeah, it. I'd be like, in Portuguese, it's, <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah. But, uh, yeah, anyways, back to Logan. Yeah, so so I think what they're doing is awesome, and I don't want to pretend like the conversation hasn't been had by anybody. We just are always a week behind and shit, kind of the way we do things. We're, you know, a little bit... Uh, we're scattered, so I don't want to sit here and pretend that uh, Sam Roberts didn't have a similar conversation. He goes much more in-depth about all the different things that it means and the conversations it puts Roman in, but I felt like it was obvious, which is also why I feel like I'm not trying to give such... Uh, I'm not trying to say, like, hey, I'm repeating what Sam Roberts said. Sam Roberts said what I thought was already obvious, but when you look online, it really wasn't. But it was a conversation I wanted to have with you, which was WWE saying, A, let's get our fan base to believe in Logan Paul, and then B, let's get Logan's fan base to believe in Roman Reigns. Because Logan only calls out these top fucking name guys. And when they look at that mm-hmm. list of guys that he's called out, now Roman the Reigns is there. Yeah. yeah. Oh. Miz for sure and then and now you got Roman Reigns there and he's the only mm-hmm. guy who's actively currently top of the mountain in the industry he's being called out in with championships and yes it's wrestling and yes we all know what that means this and that but it does get people to pique their interest I think I have a feeling people who watch a lot of the shit that the Paul brothers do but haven't been watching any of the WWE stuff go well this is neat because Clearly, WWE sees a value in Logan Paul that if Logan Paul were to walk around with WWE championships, it wouldn't hurt their brand. You know what I mean? So to say that the concept of of Logan Paul not winning is an absolute impossibility, I think is a little silly. I think that the possibility is low. I think they've got such investment in Roman long term and what they can do with Roman and the family and all that, that I think it would be a little, it would definitely be a massive hiccup that would take a lot of repairing for the wrestling fan base. But from the outside looking in fan base, 
why couldn't a Logan Paul walk around with the WWE Championship getting them a shitload of publicity? You know what I mean? Yeah. So, I don't know. I think it's pretty cool. I think it's really neat. Uh, this was leading into that. I liked the Sami Zayn thing. I liked his interaction with Paul. I liked Sami Zayn's interaction with Jey Uso on the outside. Jimmy having to break him up during the Ricochet Sammy match, which also is Ricochet versus Sammy. Are you fucking kidding me? These last mm-hmm. like two weeks, a lot of the stuff's been like, did I book this? Did we tell them we want mm-hmm. this? Like Solo and Sammy? Right yeah. The Solo and Sammy teaming and stuff. Not like they were teamed, but like, dude, when yeah. Solo goes out for his match. And he looks at yeah. Jay and says, you already fucked up tonight. Yo, Sammy, mm-hmm. you coming? I was like, <gasps> <laughs> I knew that that exact reaction came out of your mouth. Yes. As I was watching, happened. I blushed. Yeah. yeah. I immediately texted Bruce Pritchard. It was a random Connecticut number, but I assume it must have gotten to Bruce. It had to. Had to have. And I said, Bruce, <laughs> yes, we the ones. Yeah. yeah, I said, Bruce Pritchard, <laughs> Bruce Pritchard from Marsh, we the ones. I'll tickle them balls. And I got an immediate response that said, you've been officially blocked from this list. Yeah. That means to me more than anything, it's definitely Bruce. Definitely yeah, our drinking buddy, Bruce it. Pritchard. Had to be. Yeah. We the ones, the bloodline. I was like, dude, I will. One's your bloodline. That's what I said. I don't know exactly what it means, but now I'm obligated to a yeah. specific act. Yeah, however he interprets it. I, guess I, guess. <laughs> <laughs> I don't think we see eye to eye on this, but I will be a man of my word. <laughs> <laughs> But I thought the whole opening segment was really good. I thought Logan did a good job. I know that um, – so Paul Heyman did try to make the joke that you always make, and he messed it up, and I thought that was funny. Which one? He said – because uh, Logan's like, if – if <laughs> if I get a lucky punch, I can knock out Roman and walk away. And then Paul Heyman goes, if – your brother yeah. had balls, he'd be your sister, but he doesn't, so he's not. Yeah. And I was like, okay, he messed up Ken's joke. Yeah. <laughs> I was trying to see because when I was watching it, I was like, oh. I had almost yeah. the same exact reaction as you did, and then he fucked it up. I was like, come on, Paul. Yeah. Which also lets us know Paul listens to this show, because that's a joke you've made on the show many a time mm-hmm. that we've constantly asked you to mm-hmm. stop making. <laughs> <laughs> Please, please don't say the joke again. If. Which one? Mm. Damn it. Uh, I got to remind myself not to say if. I don't like when I say if. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) I don't like too much postulating. Yeah. Yeah, it was funny. I was sitting there and I was just like, he's got it. He's got it. And I'm like, oh, Paul, what happened? Yeah. That made no sense. <laughs> yeah. No. Uh, but yeah, I liked all this. I liked Sammy Zane going in there, getting getting. He didn't get knocked out. I liked that that Logan hit him with what didn't look like a full punch, and it knocked Sammy mm. down. But Sammy also didn't sell it like it was a knockout punch and didn't be laid out. He was immediately like holding his face, like fuck, like 
Like he was surprised by a punch more than anything, which I liked yeah. because he did have a match right after. Yeah. Come on. Uh, and the Ricochet Sammy match, I loved. Yeah. These guys are amazing. Yeah. Uh, at the end of it, we did have Madcap Moss come out and stare down uh, Solo while he was beside Ricochet and Logan Paul. Do you think on our way to Crown Jewel we get? There's no way, right? There's no way they're going to put Logan Paul in a War Games, right? No. They're going to do two War Games, one man, one women, right? Isn't Crown Jewel... Well, that's what they said. But isn't Crown Jewel before Survivor Series? Maybe. Let me look up Crown Jewel. Or wait, or is Crown Jewel in December? Crown Jewel is going to be November 5th. Jesus, that's got to be close. Survivor Series. Yeah. Survivor Series. It's going to be like two weeks. Two weeks, two weeks. Extreme Rules, two weeks. Crown Jewel, two weeks. Yeah, it's all going to be real close. November 26th. So 20 days after Crown Jewel is uh, uh, Survivor Series. Series. And Extreme Rules. Here's... Because the stream was like this what, weekend, weeks. isn't it? October 8th. Yeah, I was going to say, I think it's next. Okay, so or you have a months. month between Extreme Rules and Crown Jewel, and then 20 days later you get Survivor Series. So you're getting so not Extreme terrible. Rules, Crown Jewel. That's not, yeah, it's not so bad. Remember when they were doing the different branding ones and there was a while where it was like every two weeks we had a pay-per-view? Yeah. I loved that shit. I loved it. I hated so much about the build, but I loved it every week. And I was like, sorry, guys, can't come out. I'm watching wrestling. Yeah. Which is also my way of pretending I have friends trying to get me out every weekend, which I do not. Yeah. <laughs> you just pick up your phone's not ring. Sorry, guys, I got wrestling. Yeah. Ah, I can't come out. Did your phone ring? Mm-mm. You made that up? Yeah. Hello? Yeah. <laughs> Kill him! That wasn't wasn't your ringtone. Yes, it was. Yes, it was. Phones don't even make that uh, noise. What are you doing? (laughs) Sorry. All my friends are calling. I know. That's why it's silent. (laughs) But But, um... Oh, so speaking of Survivor Series, that was news that we didn't cover. That it's... uh, They're going to do war games. For the first time ever. So, you know, War Games at Survivor Series, which is great. Like, I love it. I love War Games. always have. You know, Survivor Series is looking like it's going to be an actual good pay-per-view mm-hmm. instead of brand versus brand. Oh, games! Yeah. Sorry. But my question is, when they do the War Games Survivor Series, is it going to be typical War Games rules or typical Survivor Series War games instead of just Survivor one Survivor Series. But see, I think it should be war games with Survivor Series rules where you have four or five people and they each get eliminated as, you know, pins and submissions come about. But the problem with that is if you're trying to even live in a world of kayfabe at all, weapons are allowed and the second one team's outnumbered, the numbers games are going to sneak up on them. Like, that's it. Once you that's go, fine. especially... Because with at least Survivor Series, you have tagging in and out. Yeah. Here's what I think should happen. I think we talked about it last I week. I think it should be elimination. 
should be mixed tag elimination matches, but each team only has one woman. So the match either begins or ends with the women. <laughs> and the second one's eliminated, that team wins. They go up. Yeah, I can't. The rules are I can't pin the other one, so. Yeah. <laughs> It'd be great, dude. Have the maximum <laughs> no. models, hit row. No. We're talking main events here, like dude. Like but you know what I mean? I think I think it'd be cool to have the you know, the eliminations. I think without the tagging it makes that very difficult to do in a, any form of believable way. And I think that right now WWE's biggest issue that I have which may actually help your argument is that they're really getting away from things having to be believable. Yeah, you don't need to. It's entertaining. They definitely need to because it's a suspension. I mean, cause, because it's not CGI, because I'm not watching Toy Story, there's a certain level of believability I need to have when I'm watching it. You know what I mean, when I watch House of Dragons, it's taking place in a different galaxy hundreds of years ago that I go, oh, oh yeah, I would have no idea what's supposed to be happening, so this all works. It's in, it's in Europe. Relax. Probably is in Europe, yeah. Now you mention it. <laughs> They're all everyone British. Knows <laughs> yeah, everyone knows Westeros is in the movie. <laughs> no, but... <laughs> Let's not fool ourselves. Uh, yeah. <laughs> Classic Castle happened not... in Westeros. It was crazy. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> but, um, I don't know. I just think it'd be cool. Like, because then you can have. Here's the other thing. It's, it, it all depends on who you're going to put in, too. Yes. And we've been begging I mean, forever for it to be not brand versus brand. Yeah. And oh, we're getting real far said, from that. Yeah. But, I mean, like, if you have, you know, especially, like, now that Braun Strowman's there, if you have a team where he's on it and other members of his team are getting eliminated, it wouldn't be, you know, too far-fetched to – have Braun Strowman even up the odds. Yes. But, okay, so then you're asking for a real mesh, right? Because with War Games, the match doesn't begin till everyone is in. You're saying as the match is going, people can be eliminated before anybody's even entered. Mm-hmm. Okay, then that's cool. Yeah, go fl- that one. Okay. Yeah. yeah, we've worked it out. Because then, then you can also uh, tease the possibilities of, like, certain people facing off each other, but if one of them gets eliminated beforehand... Oh, we don't get that, and then it can continue. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, I can't oh, think yeah. of anyone off the top of my head. Like, Riddle and Seth. You know, hey, I want the yeah. rematch. Hey, I want the rematch. They're on opposite sides. Oh, Riddle got eliminated before Seth entered. Damn. Yeah, and as Riddle's walking back next to the cage, Seth is over in the cage laughing at him. Ah, ha, 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 ha. Yeah. And then Riddle's trying to reach yeah. in, and he's like, hey, yeah, well, you know, the ref's pulling yeah, yeah, off. Yeah, and, yeah, uh, yeah. Get out of here. Scram. Yeah, yeah. Um, <laughs> yeah, you know what I mean? Like, I think they could do a lot with that. They could. You're right on that one. Bruce, you're welcome. Bruce, yeah. Brucey, can you pretty be soon, me? Pretty soon we're going to need to be on the payroll. Look it up. Well, they already made my t-shirt. Did you see that? 
I did. You showed it to me. <laughs> yeah, I designed an honorary Oos shirt, and it's and now on WWE saying... Shop. Yeah. And we're not <laughs> even saying payroll. Just free comps here and there. Just throw me a fucking bone, guys. Just give me. Yeah. Just you know what? I'm not saying acknowledge me without acknowledging. Just give me a code that gives me 100% free stuff from the shop. Indefinitely. So I can just get stuff as I want it. Including Ticketmaster. And put a cap on it. You know what I mean? Say, hey, like you can't be getting $1,000 items. That's fine. But say, hey, once a a month you get a free t-shirt of your choosing. Great. I'm on board. Let's do it. Nothing wrong with that. You know what I mean? And honestly, if they paid me a thousand bucks a month, a hundred percent of that would be back in the WWE shop. Let's not fool ourselves. It would be. The second they gave me one one thousand dollar check, I'd be like, I'm buying that that Vin, that that John Cena tribute belt immediately. Yeah. <laughs> or it'll go into draft. One of them. Yes, or a thousand one dollar draft pick bets. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Uh, let's see. So Ricochet defeats Sami Zayn in an awesome match with Bloodline. Madcap pisses off Solo, and we're off to the races. So Maximum Male Models come out. We talked about them a minute ago, and in the beginning of this promo, Mr. Max Dupree says, we're in Anaheim, was just a, a stone's flow away because everyone was fucking up their words this week. I don't know what it was. <laughs> Thrones from away. From L.A. And he did the point L.A. And then he pauses. He looks around. Maxine's all like, get your head in the game. Fucking focus. You know? And he goes, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, Yeah, she was about to kick his ass. About to kick him in the balls. Mm. There was all sorts of. This is why your mom's favorite. Fucking up your ass. Yes, exactly. Maxine's like, I don't take lines, so I don't mess them up. (laughs) <laughs> your problem is you keep saying yeah i can say that i don't do that i say no i can't say anything stop yeah. so this is the second tease we've had the first one on tv of max dupree teasing something of a connection to la or night the la night character might be forging something and if i'm being honest i don't know where we would go with the maximum male models that would to me, say that we need Max Dupree to stay there. And I do think that the L.A. Knight character is closer to who who that man is, the, the Eli Drake, if you will. Eli Drake in WWE is closer to L.A. Knight than he is to Max Dupree. You know what I mean? You think you would get, like, a alter ego type of thing? Or... Like Fiend and Bray Wyatt from Funhouse? Kind of, but not to that extreme. Finn and the Demon? Yeah, kind of. So for matches that really matter, he becomes Max Dupree? Yeah. (laughs) He just comes out super fucking corny model stuff when he's like, this match I'm serious about. Check out my watch. Well, even even if he has matches, when I am in the ring, I'm L.A. Knight. Mm. I'm... You know, yeah, being the businessman, you know, which is actually much closer to Bray. Hey, look, yeah. after the in the fun house in the modeling agency, I'm Max Dupree, a modeling agent. But if you piss me off, LA Knight's gonna find you in that ring. 
Yeah. When we get in the ring, my friends call me LA Knight. Like Butch. Yeah. Like Butch. Yeah. Yeah. And we know Eli Drake is all about shoes of a champion. Max Dupree, more than anybody, would know exactly what kind of shoes to put on a champion. Yeah. High fashion. High fashion. Yeah, I'm not against it. I don't. I'm not. I'm not against it. I don't know what's going on here to a certain degree. I mean, Braun Strowman comes out and just beats the ever living shit out of all the models. Otis comes out and lays out Braun. Braun no sells the fuck out of it. Braun no like. Welcome back. (laughs) (laughs) I think what Braun's doing is fucking cool. It's Braun and he's a big massive beast. He's the monster of all monsters. Okay. Yeah. You had Otis. Otis is like 5'6". Yeah. And shaped like an actual wrecking ball. But he's also strong as fuck. The dude could power lift your car. So he picks up Braun Strowman and slams him down. Rolls out as only Otis or that guy from Hook could. (laughs) (laughs) It's topical. Topical. Watch Hook if you haven't seen it. You'll see the moment. You'll know what I'm talking about. Yeah, he rolls out. Braun Strowman immediately sits up like he's the Undertaker. And I'm like, no. Yeah, I got pissed off when I saw that. I was like, ah, ah, ah. Stay in your lane. Stay in your lane, Braun. Stay in your lane and put over someone else's strength. Like when almost got slammed. Who do you get slammed by? Bobby Lashley. Mm-hmm. When almost got slammed by Bobby Lashley, almost was like, oh my God. My back. That's never that's never happened to me before. That's never happened. I don't know what this feels like. What is happening to my body, right? What is it? Braun's all like, oh, yeah, you can beat the absolute shit out of me and I'll never feel it. I'm like, well, I can't. For, I mean, not that Braun needs to be an underdog by any means. But you're really, between damage control, Braun, and Otis, like you're really building the idea to me that the underdogs are the people I should want to lose. And that doesn't make yeah. sense at all. You know what I mean? Yeah. I just didn't, once again, I didn't like that Gable referred to Otis as a monster. What do you mean? During his promo, he just said, he said something about his monster, Otis being the original monster or something like that. Hmm. I was like, man, he's a cookie monster. That's it. Yeah, I could take it or leave it on that, but. Yeah. Do you I think, think... badass? But I just wish he didn't yeah. know Cell being picked up and slammed. He well, should and, at least and, look pissed. He just looked like yeah. unaffected. Yeah, but once again, like, because you know, I, I get that's what they're trying to get at. Like, you know, though he's big, he's bad, you know. But at this point, everyone knows him. Like, he doesn't need to know Cell that, and like, just let him. Like, he needs to look human sooner or later. Yes. Like, because that was the thing that got me, is that they make, you know, even before he left, they make him this unbeatable monster. Like, he's a badass, this and that. And then when he loses, you're just like, well, that doesn't make sense. Yeah. And then the next week, he's back to, no one can stop me, I'm unstoppable. And it's like, 
fucking relax. But I was going to say, do you think we get to a point where Otis and Braun do like a strongman competition? No. I could easily see them get there. Not that I want to see it, but I can easily see I could see it as a way to put over Otis, but not for Braun. Because Braun would do strongman shit, and people go, yeah, of course. But then yeah. Otis would do the same thing, and people go, fuck, Otis is a badass. But at the same time, they, they've done shit like that before. How many times did Braun Strowman have to tear down the set or flip a car or lift an ambulance? Yeah. I don't know. I could see them doing something more stupid, like an obstacle course. Where you saw? Oh no! Yeah, Otis was in obstacle course, wasn't he? Well, he was in, in Bailey's. Yeah. Where Bailey had to pick up, I think it was Pat Buck, and run with him. And then when Bianca came around, Bianca had to pick up Otis, and it was hysterical. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I say something more stupid, but it actually was one of my fucking favorite segments. And when or a sports beer told me he hadn't seen much of Bailey, I said, find the obstacle course. <laughs> so. Good. Uh, but yeah. yeah. Who did? Well, no, because didn't Braun and Sammy do an obstacle course? Or was that yeah. Bobby? Was it Bobby? I don't know. I don't know. I just don't know what they're doing with Braun. I think they're trying to get Braun to be a contender for Roman. Honestly, I really do. And I think he will be a believable contender for Roman. But fucking around with the tag teams for now doesn't doesn't feel like it's doing it to me. No, 100%. It feels but really once static. again, Braun doesn't need any segue. Like, if basically Braun did what Logan did, he'd be like, okay, yeah, that's fine. He's in the world title picture. Yeah, he's a huge beast. That's but true. yeah, see, I yeah, because that's the other thing. You just had him come out, destroy the tag teams like he did before in the past. Like, can you imagine if, excuse me, uh, at Crown Jewel, let's say Roman wins, and Roman's sitting there celebrating once again, and then you have bronze music go out, and he returns at Saudi Arabia or in Saudi Arabia, that would be fucking awesome. Yes. Yeah, that'd be cool. And, and if he immediately came out and was trying to, like, fuck with the bloodline, you'd go, oh, shit. But for him to be fucking with all these little, little, these little tag teams is really weird. Yeah. So I do think that there's, like, a weird... They're trying to remind people what he is and what he does, and I feel like it's really staticky and... Yeah, it's dumb. Like, all you have to do is look at the guy's sure girth. Like, yeah. Like imagine anyways, if almost did an open challenge and Braun just came out and decimated almost. Yeah. You'd be like, what the fuck? And then if later on that same night or the on that next Friday, Roman's cutting a promo and Roman and Braun just comes out and just shoves all of the bloodline aside to stare down Roman and say, I'm not mm-hmm. gonna attack you, you know what I mean? But yeah. I'm coming for you. Yeah. Hey buddy. Yeah. Remember and then me. Roman just goes like, Well fuck. Yeah, I don't know. It's just it's, it feels like it's not quite clicking, and it, 
is already so simple that mm-hmm. it's weird. Like, what's with the tag teams? Is yeah. this building towards the to... return of Nicholas? Is that what this whole thing is? Yeah, it has to be. It's got to be the return of Nicholas. Yeah. Imagine they get all the way to a point where Braun's going up against the Usos at WrestleMania for the tag titles. And a, a tag team member of his choosing. It's a mystery partner. And he doesn't choose all the way up till Mania. And he runs into the mm-hmm. audience. And there's a slightly older Nicholas. Not slightly. Motherfucker be in his 20s by now, right? I'm not good with time. So. I think it was like well, five years ago, the... though. He was like yeah. nine at the time, wasn't he? He could be like 14 now. So you'd have like a 14-year-old partner. Be amazing. Yeah. Two-time youngest champion? Yeah. We keep saying that with fucking Austin Theory. What about Nicholas? Youngest yeah, the... tag team champion ever. That's why That's why Austin Theory never went for the tag title, because he knew he couldn't end up in history books. <laughs> <laughs> All right, let's keep it moving. Bailey defeated Raquel Rodriguez. What do you think of this match? Because as this match started, producer lady looked to me and she goes, if this match is bad, then you know Raquel's got a problem. Yeah. And I said, oh, I can't argue with your thought. What did you think of this match? Um, I thought it was all right. Like, I, I didn't get fully invested in it. Yeah. But... It was fun. I was gonna, yeah, I was like, yeah, it is what it was. I do think it's one of the better matches that Raquel's had on the main roster so far. Yeah. So I think that. Do you think? I was watching it today again, and I started wondering. Do you think that part of the disconnect between? Oh, Grim Reaper says Nicholas was ten years old at WrestleMania 34, which was 2018, which would be four or five years later, so he'd be like 14, 15, yeah. Um, yeah, do you think Raquel Rodriguez? <laughs> do you think she highlights a problem between the old NXT and now? And I don't know. I only say that because I don't know how 2.0 is going to take to transferring talent over. They always say that it's a marathon, not a race, right? But I feel mm-hmm. like that previous NXT was definitely a race and definitely close. It was a tight-knit locker room, and everyone's talked about that. It felt like a family. It felt like a family. Well, you can slap your family in the face and say, I'll talk to you about it later. I wonder if these this talent, because we saw it with Shayna. We're seeing it with Raquel. We're sort of seeing it with Dakota a little bit. I wonder if this talent gets so close to the roster in NXT that they don't mind being stiff. They don't mind really laying it in at times, and they feel free to make it work, and it is a race. How fast how hard how good can we make this now immediately without any future concepts because if we do this well enough we move on versus coming up to the main roster and now it's a marathon and now it's slow down and now it's i don't know you and now it's you better not hurt me out there and now hey buddy i'm here for a long time not a good time you know like how much of it is success in nxt is because it's a close family racing Versus coming up to the main roster, and now it's a not-quite-as-close new group who's marathoning. Um, I don't know. 
I mean, it's wild speculation because neither of us but, are in the locker room, right? No, 100%. So, but it makes me wonder if that's maybe part of the disconnect that nobody's talking about. Yeah. Well, that that very well could be because, I mean, you've heard of, um, uh, like, Sean and Triple H and stuff like that. He's like, hey, I know, you know like, this is my buddy, my close buddy, so, yeah, I can be stiffer and lay into them a little more and stuff like that. And, you know, the other thing is, is that, you know, it's new people. And, you know, it's like going to excuse me, like, uh, like a freshman, you know, playing sports against, you know, a junior or senior and they're, you know, they're timid and stuff like that. But also I wonder with some of them, if it's like, you see it in college sports a lot where these, you know, athletes are busting their ass, trying their hardest, you know, I got to make it, I got to make it, I got to make it. They, you know, make it to the big leagues and then they're kind of just nothing. Oh, well, I made it. You know, so I think some of them like lose their worth ethic and drive. And I just wonder if it's, you know, that might be some of it too. Like the whole time you're in NXT. College versus pro. Yeah. Like, yeah, the whole time you're in NXT, it's like, hey, I got to, you know, I got to try my hardest. I got to, I got to get, here's my goal. I got to get here. And then they get there and all right, I made it. I'm safe now. Yes. Right. You know what like, I mean? Like not trying to talk shit about anybody. Cause I clearly don't know a ton about sports, but one of the guys that comes to mind a little bit is Shanning Fry, where when he was on the basketball team in U of a, he was like the dude, everyone was watching him. He was incredible. He was trying so hard to be the absolute best at his position in all of college. But once he went pro, I felt like he just became another basketball player on the team. And every time I would see him out there, when I would watch games, I'd be like, oh, that dude was dope. I remember meeting him. Good guy. Great athlete. And he's not doing bad. He's not like the worst on the team by any means. But he's not on everybody's mouths like he was when he was in college. You know what I mean? Uh So it's all like, yes, I am good enough to be here, but I don't need to be the best anymore. I just need to be good enough to stay here. Yeah. Well, in a sense. Yeah, Channing Fry, I mean, he had a good career. Like, it's not like, you know. And then the other thing, too, is, like, just, like, you know, comparing college to pro is some people's game just doesn't translate. Mm -hmm. You know, we see, you know, guys in college that are fucking amazing, and they're like, holy shit, this dude's going to be badass. When he goes pro, then they go pro, and then this guy fucking sucks. You know? So... I, I think there might be a little more separation than that than obviously WWE, but you know, just gotta be similar. That's mentality. the other thing. Yeah, like that's the other thing is that you know they yeah their game just might not translate to you know the big leagues type of thing. Yeah. You know, you're you're in a, a big arena now. You're in front of, you know, a lot more people. Um, yes. Just taking it all in. You know, just like, holy yeah. shit, this is a lot different. I'm not at my home court anymore. You know. A thousand people I think, used to be a big one. Now a hundred thousand is the big one. Yeah. I think and a lot of the average you know, one's 10,000. You know what I mean? Like you're literally going from like the houses at a thousand was the big show. And now it's 10,000 is the normal show. 
Yeah. And I think, and it truly is probably a combination of all of it. Because, mm-hmm. I mean, look at what's his name? Uh, Lars Sullivan. Yeah. You know, oh, yeah. he's badass, he's badass. Then all of a sudden, you know, hey, he's got bad anxiety. Oh, shit, where did this come from? You know what I mean? Yeah. I think it, it could be a combination of a lot of things. And certain things don't work for other people, or, you know, certain people. And some people can handle it and some people can't. Yeah. Yeah. Hmm. And I'm not trying to shit on Raquel or anything or any of these people we're talking about. It was just something I was thinking about, you know, and mm-hmm. I felt like maybe there was a little bit of a more reasons than one on why there might be a disconnect between NXT and the main roster and not just because Vince is a stupid old man who doesn't get it. You know what I mean? Because mm-hmm. well, think about case, it, like Raquel would be flourishing now in this moment because now they Vince is gone and Triple H is in charge. You'd think that, like, oh, and now we flipped a switch on Raquel. Those same way people are saying that we flipped a switch on uh, Champa and we switched Champa. Now we got Gargano. And a lot of these people who are like, we're seeing changes on, we're not seeing that with Raquel. And I wonder if there's just a, like you said, a lot more factors. All of it could be factors that make a change in all that stuff. And I just thought, I don't know. I'm here for the conversation. That's for sure. One, well, and, you know, like I said, I think. To me, I think the biggest adjustment would be the the venues mm-hmm. and then just the travel. You know, you're yeah. used to being in Florida, going to Full Sail, mm-hmm. performing, and then basically just going home. Just going home. You know, and you know, and I could see why, you know, those rumors about Champa saying, "Hey, I never want to leave NXT." Yeah, because you know, why would you? Yeah, you can literally just go home. If you lived in Florida, you know, I got to go to work, drive to the university, all right, did my work, drive home, and that's it. Yeah, and then I never knocked anyone who said they wanted to be a lifer in NXT. I was like, well, I mean, the idea is perfect. I could live in Florida yeah. forever and just go to work and come home? Amazing. Yeah. Oh, yeah. And then you got to think, you know, yeah, the, the rigors of uh, traveling and – jet lag and stuff like that like like i said i think i truly think it's just a combination of a lot of different things and like i said i think the two biggest things are the travel and the venue Mm. that was probably big what do you think the backstage segment ronda versus and and Liv morgan ronda was about to sit down with kayla and then uh, Liv shows up and says, Kayla, get the fuck out of here, you stupid bitch. No, she doesn't say that. Bitch. I actually love Kayla. Her, eye, so was, her was, eyes said it. Her eyes said it for sure. It was underlined. No, uh, I fucking hated it. It was fucking stupid. They they sit there and they say, hey, we're going to have a, a one-on-one with Rhonda, exclusive interview. And Kayla literally, hey, how you doing? Good, how you doing? So here's the question. And then Liv comes up. Like, mm-hmm. it, I think there should have been a little more Q and A before Liv interrupts. Mm. Okay, so segment setup trash. Delivery of segment after the fact. Once we get past the idea that hey, we're doing Q A and Rhonda, Kayla gets told to fuck off and go straight to hell. Apart from that, because that I agree with that. That was a t- terrible setup for what we got. Yeah. What did you think of Liv's promo against Rhonda and Rhonda's back and forth a little bit? It was mostly live here, but a little bit of Ronda. Yeah. Um. I don't know if she's 
playing it or it's just, you know, the chemistry there. But it, to me, it seems Liv is like legitimately scared of Rumble. Mm-hmm. Like she seems like very timid. Like, hey, watch me. I'm gonna, I'm gonna do this. You know. Yeah. And it just felt weird once again. Like once again, the champion feels like an underdog. Yeah. There's but, a few different yeah, things I, mean, I saw people say about it, and I think it goes in line with what you're saying a little bit. Producer Lady's biggest issue with this one was the cadence. Liv yeah. was pausing every couple words. And it was a weird kind of cadence to have, and it lent, lent towards trying to force an emotion, perhaps where there might not have been a authentic emotion. Which I also mm-hmm. think lends to your concept of Liv coming off a little bit afraid of Rhonda. Maybe it's a fear mm-hmm. of Rhonda. Maybe it's a fear of failing. Maybe she's finally made it to the top, and she doesn't know if she feels she's authentically there. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. From a character standpoint, she got there, and everyone says, you're not a real champion. You tapped out. And maybe she's got, as a, as a character, those same woes. Maybe I don't belong yeah. here. The chip on the shoulder. like Yeah. Self-help. Which is fine. I thought... The words themselves and her specific delivery of each word was very, very good. I did feel the cadence was a little too cadenced, rhythmic. I wish it wasn't as rhythmic. I wish it felt a little more off the cuff, almost practiced. Uh But I did really like what she was saying and how she was saying it overall. I saw some people say it was the best promo she's ever had, and maybe, maybe. I mean, it wasn't terrible. But, no, it wasn't bad. Yeah, I mean, I just... Yeah, go ahead. I was just going to say, I just don't know if it's just me, but I don't know if I'm hyped up to see the match again. Mm. You know what I mean? I don't know if there's just too much damage done on, you know, the botch of the year, but... I don't know. And part of it... I'm, just not, like... I'm just not invested in it as... I think I want to be, or should be. I think part of it is also that I'm on Liv's side here. I want Liv to 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 earn this. I want her to have this. Yeah. And so I'm also timid now too, where I'm all like, I don't know that you can. Yeah. Right. And but I want you to. So I think that there's almost like a timidness to us wanting to watch it too. Like well, I'm going to do the rematch, and we're all like, oh. Yeah. And we saw how the last one went. And yeah. we're not sure how you walked away with the title there. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, so then we so get to where we're like, uh oh. You know what I mean? Yeah. And I think that's what I said last week, where I was like, I, I wish Liv was on commentary saying, hey, you know, they always ask, you know, who would you want to face out of these people? Yeah. And 99% of the time, they give the, the same generic answer, you know, it oh, it, it doesn't matter. You know, I'm just going to bring my A game. Like, I would have loved to see Liv sitting there saying, you know what, truthfully, I want Ronda. I want her to earn it, but, you know, I want to face her. Like, I, you know, I have these skeletons in my closet because of her, and I want to prove that I am the champion. Yeah. Yeah. But, but then once again, when she comes out and she looks scared, it doesn't help with that. Except for it might in only the sense of... She's talking big, 
And her whole thing is watch me, right? And the crystal tears is mm-hmm. that she's always, the, you know, the crying inside, you know, like sometimes you, mm-hmm. you have to, to bite your tongue, bite your cheek, soldier up and say, I'm going to get through this no matter how afraid I am, no matter how hurt I am, I'm going to keep going that, that just keep fighting mentality of Kevin Owens and stuff like mm-hmm. the never give up. It's a very similar concept. The watch me is, is doubt me, but watch me, you know, you can doubt me all you want but watch me succeed is, is kind of, yeah. Watch me prove you wrong. Watch me succeed. When you doubt, watch me get it done when everything's stacked against me. That's the watch me that I get out of the live story, which is, I think why I like it so much, but it is very, yeah. The Daniel Bryan, I keep bringing up. Yeah, exactly. That I do think that her being timid around Rhonda can lend towards the, she knows what we all know. She tapped out mm-hmm. before the count of three, and the ref fucked up. And oh well, I'm the champion, and I'm just gonna live with it. Yeah. But now, now we're in a second chance, and can that happen again, or do I have to really do it different this time? You know what I mean? Yeah. Like if I get caught up again, the ref might not fuck up again. Yeah. So the heat's on the ref, which sucks. But I don't know. That's why I'm so behind Liv as a champion because you know what I think she's doing, which is which is. This this is going to feel almost needless and punching down for no good reason. Shout out to Bishop. This feels like the storyline that Hangman Page failed to do. The unsure yeah. of himself champion. The needing to do it, even though that the belief he could was so outside of it. Like, Hangman Page was always the... He's the anxiety-ridden cowboy who just doesn't know if he can do it without the power of friendship. Here's Liv. Hmm? So we're being drunk. We're just being drunk. A drunk piece of shit. Unreliable. But here's Liv actually portraying this character that's timid in the face of adversary, but not backing down. Mm -hmm. Adversity. 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 But not backing down. The watch me even though you're doubting me and just know I'm doubting me too. But I'm going to step up and give it my all. Yeah. Like this is that underdog story of a champion that feels nearly impossible to accomplish. And I think that they're actually in a path here that makes it make sense. And like you said, I don't know if I want to watch this match to a degree because it's all like, well, fuck, I just watched you barely – I watched you lose and still walk away with the championship once last time, and I didn't like that one bit, but I'm happy you're champion now, so I don't want to see that happen again, and you not walk away with the championship. Like, we want you to be the champion, and here's these these fucking things. You know what I mean? Yeah. Well, and the other thing, too, because I was thinking about it, Liv has to win, right? She has to. Because if she doesn't, like, I'd hate to say it, but that might be her career. Well, I don't know about career, but that would definitely fucking... It'd be the next couple years rebuilding. It's going to take time. Yeah, I mean, that's what I mean. Like, she's going to be buried, like, a long time. Yeah, that's going to take some time to fix if if she doesn't win this good. So, yeah. Yeah, she needs that definitive win. Yeah, we'll see. We'll see. Uh, Moving along, Solo beat the shit out of Madcap Moss, and it was awesome. <laughs> the Brawling Brutes won the Fatal Four Way with Hit Row, 
Sprawling Brutes, New Day? New Day, yeah. And... Was it Imperium. Blo- Imperium. Yeah, yeah, yeah. This match was pretty fucking cool. And this is the match, if I'm not mistaken, and I'm probably mistaken, because I think it was probably on Raw. Is this the one where Kofi and Xavier ended up in the ring at the same time? Yes. And Xavier dives <clears throat> down and Kofi goes for the pin, and then everyone rushes in to fucking break it up? Yeah, I think it was. If it wasn't this one, it was one before, and either way, I fucking love that moment. And I, every time I see it show up on my timeline, I'm happy about it. <laughs> yeah. No, it was uh, so great. But like... this match was pretty fucking awesome. Brawling Brutes winning, which means they're going to get a shot at the Usos. I'm stoked for that, dude. The idea of Butch and Ridge Holland with Sheamus against the Usos with Solo and Sammy on the outside. Because that's the other thing. is Sheamus is such a fucking badass realistically if we're at a bar drinking and i see sheamus square off with solo and sammy i'm sitting there going like i think he's got a shot (laughs) Uh i'm gonna get my popcorn i'm gonna watch i'm gonna i'm gonna suck on some nuts and i'm gonna say this dude's got a shot no don't say that what do you mean no sucking on the nuts sometimes you suck on nuts and you watch a fight Peanuts. Peanuts. Wrinkly nuts. Whatever it takes, Walt, you know. <laughs> Pistachios. Pistachios. Um, really long cashews. Uh, I think the idea of the brawling Maybe brutes. Cashews. You know I mean? With Seamus on the outside and Sammy and Solo on the, on the outside as well, I do think that, that feels even. Because I think that Seamus could believably realistically makes Sammy as much as I love Sammy and think he's incredible. They can make him a non-factor real fast. Yeah. And then it's, and then you're talking Seamus and solo, which is already a match. Mm -hmm. I want to see in its entirety for a title. Yes. Dude, can you imagine solo and Seamus? Fuck. So good. Fucking incredible, man. Fucking incredible. So I'm excited about this. Mm Mm-hmm. Yeah, I was really excited that they won. And, like, I just wondered if they were going to. Did they say when the title match was going to happen? Or was it just number one contender? Uh, I did not catch, or even in the notes I'm looking at, I don't see when they're supposed to get this title match other than their number one contenders. Which, yeah. as we know, by number one contender title matches that happened on SmackDown in the past, it will definitely be up. Happen. <laughs> Shotzi's in the back like yeah good luck with that guys yeah <laughs> you did all that work for me now yeah I just imagine Shotzi and Gorilla watching the match just being like looking at the like, fucking production being like what's this even really like... <laughs> again guys okay okay um, but that was SmackDown. I know it's been a long time, long time on SmackDown, but I felt like there was a lot there to kind of like break down and really dig into. Um, yeah, well, we got off track a few times. Only a little bit here and there. Uh, WWE Raw did kick off with Seth Rollins versus Bobby Lashley for the U.S. title. How it ended. 
specifically as they call it the finish in the biz producer lady told me she didn't like it she felt like it made it look like bobby needed to she felt like both people looked weaker then and i felt like and i want this why i want to know what you felt i felt like it made them both seem equal to in that neither one was getting the better of the other they bet they kept going back and forth seth went for the low blow because he felt he needed to cheat to win, which makes Bobby Lashley look good. Like, if without kicking you in the goddamn ball sack, I'm not going to win this. But then Riddle comes out, distracts Seth. Lashley spears Seth, gets the win. Was that they both utilized opportunities of distraction or cheating to get the better of because both of them did not know how to clench the deal otherwise. To me, bringing Bobby Lashley into a similar conversational point as Seth Rollins as far as who's capable of winning any given match. <laughs> if Seth is struggling with Bobby and Bobby uses a distraction to get the win over Seth, to me that puts him on an equal playing field, which is an elevation for Bobby and not a degradation of Seth. What yeah. I, I think, you know, I, I think in this match you couldn't have a uh, clear finish or a clean finish because yeah. either one, you're taking the belt off of Bobby or two, you're making Seth look weak when he keeps not weak, but you know, putting an L on Seth when he keeps making reference that he wants to go after Roman. Mm-hmm. You know, you, you can't sit there and say, hey, you know, Seth looks like he deserves it with an L in the call, a recent L. Mm-hmm. You know, so I think the way they did it, I was okay with. Yeah. I think both of them looked looked great in the match. Both of them looked good. Both looked strong. Uh, you know, they both did their, you know, respective moves and the other guy countered or kicked out and yeah i mean i thought it was a good match i just once again feel like this would be have been something better as the main event that's my only thing is that it was at the beginning and not the end hmm. i can see that uh, but otherwise, I thought it was an awesome match. Rollins and mm-hmm. Lashley kicked ass. I feel like yeah. they rolled right into another match right after that. Was it the uh, Judgment Day match or no? Because yes. I remember feeling like that. Because you had mentioned it before that. Let me see what happens immediately after that. Okay, I think it was Judgment Day. Here they show up in the back. Oh no, was it the celebration right after? Oh, it was. It was a half an hour long match is what it was. I got it here right in front of me. Mm-hmm. Afterwards was the damage control celebration, which is cool. Uh, but it was just fucking long. And I felt like that at a certain point, you had mentioned before you thought there was going to be like an opening promo segment. Mm-hmm. I feel like 10 to 20 minutes of talking before wrestling starts somehow doesn't feel to drag on nearly as much as 30 minutes before talking starts. You know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah. By the end of this match, I was like, fuck, this has just been 
all a wrestling match. Kind of a critique I had also last week on um, about AEW is they did like two or did three back to back promo segments. They ended up being like forty minutes, and I was like, "What the fuck?" At a certain point, I stopped paying attention at all. I was like, "We're just talking." That's the wrestling brand, not the entertainment brand. What are they doing? I know that's what I said. It was, you know, stay in your lane, the AEW. Yeah, uh, um, I do think well, that there's always that... been a need for a good balance of there, but yeah. So damage control yeah. came out after that. What were you about to say? Well, that's the thing is, you know, I think, especially in WWE, you know, I think it's entertaining that they're not following the same format every show. Mm -hmm. You know, we had Riddle and Seth start by fighting in the background or in the backstage, you know, one of the matches, I mean, one of the shows. And now you have this and, um, I I have no problem with it, but it just it just didn't make sense mm-hmm. to me right away. You know, we knew we were going to have this match, and this match obviously doesn't need any kind of build up or promo work. And but once again, like I said, that just feels like something to end the show with. But like I said, I do like that the shows are unpredictable at the beginning. Yeah. No. Oh, and I read somewhere that someone thought they opened with Seth and Bobby because of Monday Night Football. That they wanted to give someone people a reason to tune in. I well, can see that. Especially I can see that people too. tune out by the end. But I feel my understanding was that it was reverse, right? That the game started off the NFL game started off such that people were glued to it, but as the match went people started tuning out of football because it was a blowout, right? Well, here's the thing. There was two matches. There was, there were two games mm-hmm. on Monday. And it was weird because they were half an hour apart, which I thought was weird by the NFL. But they had them, and yeah, both matches turned into blowouts. Mm. But, I mean, WWE couldn't compare to that or compete with that, but... I mean, like, Especially not going have into knowledge. it. You'd think you'd want to finish yeah. up with a big, strong match like a Seth and Bobby because it's a strong mm-hmm. way, and hey, if the other matches are blowouts, then come watch this cool match. Yeah. Hmm. But, yeah, I don't know why they put it up front, but they did, and it is what it is. That was dope. Uh, Damage Control came out on a go-kart. Yep. Uh, Dakota, Eo, and uh, Bailey talking mad shit. Bianca and Alexa and Asuka come out saying, hey, don't be talking shit. And so they talk more shit. Mm-hmm. I like Bailey telling Alexa that she was a shell of her former staff, self. And Alexa saying, um, more or less, like, yeah, who do you think you're telling that to? Like, she acknowledges it in a way. Mm-hmm. And she's like, I'd love nothing more than to be go back to just being a bitch to you all the time which was more or less what she was saying which was cool yep. uh, which led to a, a match later on but I really liked this segment back and forth and I thought that as much as I've been very critical of the KO punch before coming from Alexa she stuck it to Bailey really great here well and you know I like it I've, I've always liked that punch by Alexa yeah. but it's not a true KO punch or finish yeah like it is because that's my problem with the women's right. Like, I have no problem with it as a move, you know. But 
to be that be the end all finisher, like I just don't like it. Yeah, I can see that. But um, you know, yeah, I mean, this promo or and this back and forth was great. I loved it. Um, I just wish that my only complaint here was I would wanted damage control to be a little more obnoxious with their celebration. Yes. They were not as obnoxious as they could have been. I agree. Yeah. But I did like that we were leading to Bailey versus Alexa. I do believe, mm. if I'm not mistaken, let me see. Bailey, kendo stick. I believe the kendo stick match was also in San Jose. Okay. I don't remember. Extreme Rules 2017. Seventeen. I thought Extreme Rules was always in Philadelphia. It was in Baltimore, Maryland. All right. Well, they did say that Alexa beat uh, Bailey for her first Raw Women's title in the same arena, but it was in San Jose. Wasn't it that Raw? Must have been a Raw. Must have been. But I did think it was pretty cool that it, ultimately they end up closing the show. That was the main event, Alexa versus Bailey, which I thought was great. Uh, mm-hmm. But it was the the segment was followed up by Kevin Owens versus Austin Theory. What do you think about Gargano coming out here and being a goddamn cartoon? <sighs> I don't want to say I'm joining you on the anti-Gargano bus, but. It is getting hard to be behind this guy. A little more and more each week. Mm-hmm. Like, he just get the backstage segment. He's, I, I, oh, I hated that backstage segment. The cartoony. It reminded me of, wasn't it Looney Tunes where there's that little chihuahua jumping around the bulldog? Oh, it was called Two Stupid Dogs is what that was called. It was, was it? <laughs> But I remember the Chihuahua always like, yeah, yeah, you know, do this, and the dog just, you know, doesn't take shit from anyone, and that's kind of what it reminded me of. And just he's making himself to be a comic side piece or side gig. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> the amount of so going from this match, which was a good match, and then Gargano got involved in such a cartoonishly stupid way. Mm-hmm. his overacting is absolutely absurd going to the backstage segment where Chad and Otis are trying to talk shit to him and he can't shut the fuck up for two seconds oh really oh okay oh yeah oh is that what you think oh okay oh oh is that oh oh okay okay yeah yeah fucking let someone talk you know what I mean like like that annoying chihuahua <laughs> like the chihuahua so yeah. much so that as Kevin Owen was talking and actually fucking saying great fucking cutdowns on Chad and Otis. Mm-hmm. Gargano couldn't help himself again. Oh, yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah, what he says. Oh, yeah, well, Big Kev. Oh, yeah, oh, that's what. Oh, yeah, oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. He just wouldn't shut the fuck up. Trying so hard to make it look natural that he made it look so fucking forced. It was stupid. Mm-hmm. He doesn't understand how people talk to each other as humans. He's less human than Dexter Loomis. It's because he's 
been away for nine months caring him taking care of his child i hope that's how he, he talks to his child to, yeah he doesn't know how to talk to normal people anymore yeah how hilarious would it be he's like oh austin theory you want a match i know you want a match let's go let's go out there and fight <laughs> I, uh, yeah, everything about Gargano here was like, it's crazy to see such greatness surrounded by Gargano and see it get dragged down. Mm-hmm. Everything we've talked about, Gable and Otis and Owens remain true. And everything I've said about Gargano still remains true. He's making every segment worse by his interaction. If he would just fucking tone it down a little bit, if he was 50% the Gargano than we're getting, he probably would mesh really well. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah, I mean, I can definitely see that. But what we're getting is this, like, 110% Gargano. And here's the other deal. When he was in there at this end of this match and he drops the fucking briefcase on Theory's balls and the crowd makes no reaction, he turns around to the crowd and starts doing the arms. Come on! Come on! And you see, like, 11 people stand up and start... It was fucking oddly pathetic where he's begging the crowd to cheer for him. He hears a couple of cheers and he responds like the whole fucking WrestleMania stadium went nuts for him. Like the glass broke and Austin came out. The way he talks about his his re-debut to Raw, you'd swear to God that he got the reaction that Stone Cold gets when he comes out. And then you watch it and you're like, two rows, dude. You can see the two rows. It's on hard cam. You can see two rows stand up in different areas of the arena and slightly clap. And you go, yeah, it wasn't silent, but it was close. You know what I mean? Like, you haven't won over the whole crowd. And it's not to say that you can't. It's to say, quit thinking you did. You know what I mean? Like, win over the rest of the crowd. He needs to realize that, you know, he is introducing himself to people. Some people. Yes. You know, yes, you are reintroducing yourself to the, you know, the hardcore WWE fans, if you will. But you're also introducing yourself to, you know, the raw audience. Yeah. Like, some of these people don't know who you are. Yep. I actually think Gargano's um, debut is the most perfect way to visualize the NXT audience versus the all wrestling audience or the WWE raw audience. Mm-hmm. Cause you can see a couple of people in every shot really excited, but you can see about two thirds of every person around that person really confused and not interested. Mm-hmm. You do have a sprinkling of an audience in there and they will help make your case for you, but you have to make a case to try to win over the others. And yeah. don't think you already did it. And that's what concerns me about him is he's coming off like he thinks he already did it. Yeah. And I think that it's only a matter of time before if he keeps going the way that he's going, he's going to start losing a lot of people. Mm-hmm. He's getting the benefit of the doubt right now because of Kevin Owens more than anything. And you're about to prove yeah. Kevin Owens wrong. And nobody wants that. Yeah. Tone it down by but... 50% and I bet you he fucking clicks. Yeah. Well, it also you know, is the the anti-theory, you know? Yes. Like my 
kids hate theory and awesome. they see Gargano getting involved and they're like, all right, I don't know who this guy is, but yeah, I want him to. Be. Yes. Yes. That's the other thing. Theory's such a good heel. People already want you to win. Yeah. Quit making them feel stupid for wanting it. Yeah. And by uh, the way, when's Theory going to get a fucking win again? I don't know. Do you think they're going to do... I've seen a few people be like, what they need to do is make a ladder match of Kevin Owens, Theory, and Gargano for the money in the bank and let Gargano win. If you don't think Austin Theory is believably going to take that title off of Roman, but you think Gargano will, stay out of my feed. <laughs> it's the stupidest yeah. argument. Uh, I don't. I do think we're getting close to a point where where theory puts his uh, briefcase up and loses mm-hmm. it. I don't. I would think that you'd put it on a Kevin Owens before you'd put it on a Gargano, but I don't know. Oh, a KO! I've been saying for years that I've been wanting to see KO with the briefcase. Yeah. Um. See, I think KO has the ability to talk his way into that. Yes. You know, where Theory would be like, oh, let's go fight. Why? I'm, I'm, you know, especially KO's the prize fighter again. Like, yep. what's my prize? What am I getting out of this? Yep. You know, I've already beat you twice. Exactly. You know, and then Theory saying, well, you know, I'll put up my money in the bank. Or even KO saying, I'm not going to fight you again unless that's on the line. I could even see them sent to having Gargano convince Theory to put the briefcase on the line for KO. Yeah. In theory, being so annoyed at Gargano, he says yes. Mm-hmm. I can see that. Again, I think Gargano has a place here, and I don't think he's bad. I think he's just yeah. turned way too up. He's someone that needs to be turned down. Mm-hmm. Similar to a Montez in my mind, but I was just about different. To say that. <laughs> yeah. Some guys need to turn up, some guys need to turn down. Exactly. Uh, we did end up with Brawling Brutes against Street Profits in a match that I largely ignored. But Brawling Brutes uh, watched, or they won, and uh, I didn't much watch uh, because as I started to watch, Montez and Dawkins started to really get cartoony, and I said, ah, fuck this, I'll go shit instead. Dawkins is training with Natty now, so... Dawkins is training with Natty? Yeah, that's why he's getting better. That's why he's getting better. Um... So I'll say this. Well, no, I'm going to move it along. I'm going to move it along. Uh, but, yeah, uh, they're really pushing Dawkins as a force. And i still seeing him as a gust of wind. So we will see. You missed your heart gun moment. Oh, yeah. Dawkins came out. Took a few bumps. Yeah. The, the gust of wind. Yep. Hey, fam. Uh, I don't have anything to say about that. You can actually do that with your fan. Oh, yeah. I do it all the time with my fan. Uh, Judgment Day defeated Matt Riddle and Rey Mysterio. Uh, oh, there was a big segment here, too, where Dom came out and talked about... Dude, Dom's getting some crazy heat. That crowd fucking hated yeah. him. Oh, yeah. Yeah. That's so good. There's no way he's not a bottom in this relationship, right? If he plays, yeah. <laughs> if he's lucky, he's on bottom. 
Yeah. <laughs> uh, they got to come out with a Rhea Ripley peg, right? Yeah. It's going to be on WWE Shop. No, no doubt about it. Talk about fan addicts. They're going to have like the login. We're going to prove you're 18 and be like, okay, here's the Rhea Ripley shop. (laughs) (laughs) When you go click on the Rhea Ripley stuff where they say it's all there, it says like one through six and then parentheses says six through 18. And you click on that again to prove your age. Yeah. Yeah. But dude, Dom's getting a fucking shitload of heat. Riddle and Ray mm-hmm. worked well together. Judgment Day was cool to see them with it. Dom being a little fucking prick on the outside. Just hit me in the face, Dad. Fucking hit mm-hmm. me. And then you just, you know, he wanted to be like, I like it in the face. But he didn't say it. But, you know, he was thinking it. Rhea hits me in the face. Rhea gives it to me in the face. Why can't you, Dad? Poppy. Hmm? Pappy. 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 You know, the only thing is. Did Ray have a chair when that was yes. happening? Yes. The only thing, like, I would have, because I didn't, because he, like, looked at him and kind of goes to the side. Like, I wish he would have just given him, like, one of those, like, little, like, Italian, like, slaps on the face. Hey. You know. Still my son. Yeah. Type of thing. Yeah. So he kind of just, like, walks around and. Uh, I think it's funny. You. you could see Dom word it. He called his dad little bitch when he didn't hit him. He was like, I knew you, little bitch. And I was like, what? <gasps> Dom. I uh, wish Ray would have just looked at him in the face and said, this is going to hurt me more than it hurts you. <laughs> yeah, just kick him in the balls while he's on his knees. Yeah, lay him <laughs> Yeah. Uh, Dexter I Loomis think- and the Misty. Oh, go ahead, go ahead. I was just gonna say, I still think Ray joins Judgment. I think it could work if he did, but I also don't think they need him anymore. I feel like that the, the the group's big enough; it's getting enough heat that if they lean into Judgment Day as it stands now, you could do enough with it. And I think there's a lot of interesting stuff you could do with different alliances on the outside trying to take down the Jud- Judgment Day without being a cohesive faction like Judgment Day, which would give Judgment Day the upper edge. But I think that you have the rays and the riddles and the edges and the, I don't know who else likes Eddie Guerrero. Bring him back; that'd be great. Fans would love it. Dude, oh, that pop would be amazing. <laughs> <laughs> Rest in peace, Eddie. Yeah. A hell of a pop. <laughs> uh, I was TV. like, well, that's like the. Uh, oh, go ahead. Uh, during the Super Bowl, when they wanted the hologram of Tupac. Mm-hmm. Imagine yeah. WWE does a hologram of Eddie and do it like Dude. Lion King, like with Mufasa. Yeah, and the crowd just fucking gasps. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> when he looks at Dom and goes, Dom, you lost your way. <laughs> yeah, just a total Focus fucking nice. Mufasa. <laughs> Mufasa. Yeah. Uh, what do you think of the Miss TV segment? With uh, Ciampa and Dexter Loomis cutting his way through the ring and popping up and the whole thing. Oh, um, this was one where I wasn't that into. Okay. Like, I kind of just, it was on. I don't think I quite took a shit, but I might have made myself a sandwich or something. Okay. So here's here's the funny thing to me is everyone's all like, uh, Triple H is in charge. NXT is taking charge and all this stuff, right? 
Here's the most true statement about the whole thing. When I watched NXT Black and Gold, the things I loved, I thought was unbeatable. The things I didn't like, I felt was unwatchable. Right? Mm. Like, it wasn't like how with Raw and SmackDown always like, yeah, I didn't love that segment. It wasn't for me so much. I never felt like, I rarely feel like anything I don't want to watch is absolutely unwatchable. It feels like I'm willing to miss this, right? To me, a a bathroom break comes down to I'm willing to miss this match. Not that I think it will be bad and no one's good in it, but I'm not as invested in this as anything else on the show. Whereas during NXT Black and Gold, it was either I love this and this person's incredible or I don't want my time spent looking at this. It wasn't a matter of it's probably good. I'm just going to have to miss it because I'm going to shit my pants if I don't. I feel like we're getting to a point of WWE main roster that is getting very close to that where the things I don't like I feel to be unwatchable and the things I do want watch and do like I feel like everyone should be watching. And Dexter Loomis is one of those things. Gargano is one of those things where it's all like, I would be embarrassed to tell my friends to check out the show knowing that this segment's on it. Yeah. Whereas, yeah, I mean, I, yeah, go ahead. I can definitely see that. Like the Dexter Loomis stuff was to me intriguing at first. And now since there, it's like, literally still hasn't progressed since what two months ago when it first started yeah like it's like all right wh- where are we going what's what's going on you know like get somewhere do something these these little segments that they're doing have been entertaining but it's It's been, like, very predictable. You know, like, the whole, oh, Miz is at his house. You know, okay, where's Dexter going to be? You know? And, like, with this one, wasn't, didn't they say his guest was uh, Dexter? Yes. And then Dexter just didn't come out, right? Right away? Yep. Until until he came from underneath the ring. Yeah, with a knife. huge ass knife. Fucking crocodile yeah. dummy knife. Crocodile Which is also why I didn't like the fucking hatchet thing at the wedding. It's all like, dude, it's why I don't like fucking Drew McIntyre coming out with his sword. If you're not going to use the thing, you're not as impressive holding it. You know, like, yeah. if you want to intimidate me because you have a sword in your hand, then putting it Stab away somebody. and saying I'm going to punch you means shit to me. You know, what's crazy too is that Arn Anderson has said it on his podcast. If you bring something to the ring, you're giving a notice to the audience you will be using this thing. Jim Cornette comes out with a tennis racket. Someone's getting hit with a racket. Paulie Dangerously comes out with a cell phone. Someone's getting hit with a cell phone. Cody Rhodes comes out in a weight belt. Someone's getting whipped with a weight belt. That's why he has Mm -hmm. to throw it into the audience when he's a good guy. Because he can't use it if he's a good guy. So he gives it to the audience so you know the deal's off. I'm not hitting someone with this. Mm-hmm. He literally said, if you come out there with things you're not going to use like a sword, you immediately become disingenuous to the audience. He called yeah. out the sword. <laughs> I loved it. 
It's Arn Anderson right there, the double A. Bianca holds back. Bianca holds back. She doesn't always use the hair, but it's there, and you know she might. Drew's never used the sword. Dexter's never used a fucking knife or a hatchet. He's kept the uh, ring ropes sword. Kinda. Yeah. A couple times, right? Yeah, a couple times. Ah, uh, there. Hmm. I was gonna say, who was the guy that hit the ring ropes with the chair and it fucking knocked him out almost? It's happened a couple of times. One of the times was that notably, Gable? Uh, no, I think Kurt Angle did it once. And I think that um, Kevin Owens did it against Stone Cold in the last Mania. No, no I, yeah. But I think Kurt Angle did it on accident once. No, it was somebody out. that did it. They, they didn't knock themselves out, but they, I mean, they got hit hard. But it was somebody where they were, you know, once again threatening somebody. And they went like that on the thing and it bounced back and hit them. I want to say it was, was Angle. Might have been Gabe. Yeah, we've seen that a couple of times and thought, Jesus Christ, yeah. like, oh, I'll make it mean and I'll hit the fucking top rope and it's like, doing, oh! Yeah. Yeah, and I loved that Kevin Owens put that in the spot with Stone Cold in that match. I was like, this is fucking good. But, mm-hmm. yeah, uh, I don't like when they when they fucking build Dundee a fucking knife or a hatchet in there and he's just, like, weird and combing Miz's hair. Like, I don't like any of this shit, man, like. It's not for me at all. This is the kind of thing to me that is unwatchable. With talent, you know, are very good at better at more than this. They don't have to do this. They're better than this. They've done better than this over and over and over again. And why are we doing this now? I don't find it entertaining or watchable. I don't know. It's just it was trash. And then you go from there to like uh, Finn Balor backstage with AJ Styles, and that was fucking amazing. Yeah, that was so fucking cool. I rewatched that like ten times. Where he's Dude. You know, on the opera still. See. Or I did it backwards, but yeah. Yeah. With the too sweet. And... I was watching Finn's eyes in that thing, and that was the moment I went, Oh. Finn could also go to Hollywood whenever he wants. Mm-hmm. Yeah. He was great on the bump. He was incredible on the bump. Yeah. No, no I did not. But you said it and I, I believe did. it. Yeah. While still talking shit about him. It was great. Yeah. Oh, he's amazing in the ring, but he's a little bitch when it comes to owning up to it. No, I'm just, <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, Finn Balor is so good. He has, like, I know he's since been canceled, but he reminded me a little bit of Kevin Spacey. When you'd watch old Kevin Spacey movies and stuff, so much of his acting is in his eyes and not in his dialogue. Mm-hmm. And I felt like Finn Balor was doing a lot of that. He was saying things, but his eyes were saying them split seconds before or saying a little bit after that was just a little bit different than what the words were. And I was like, oh, shit, this guy's got it down. He could realistically jump to a whole other profession in a heartbeat. I mean, for one, he's got the look, right? Put him next to a Ryan Reynolds or uh, what's the other guy? Was it Gosling? Was the other guy with the abs? Ryan Gosling with the abs. Oh, my ass. Look at him. She says, sure, my ass. Like, she's just like, oh, yeah, probably he's the one. Like, she doesn't know the one with the abs. I'm surprised she didn't say Ricochet. I'm surprised she didn't say Ricochet, too. Just, like, immediately. Oh, abs? You talking about Ricochet? Ricochet. No, talking about the actors. Then she would just start. She should be rapid-firing this stuff. She'd look at me like, I don't know. Channing Tatum. 
Magic Mike. Tatum. Magic Mike. Okay. But, but I was trying to say, before you went off on some crazy thing, uh, he he could stand next to any of them. He's an incredibly good-looking dude, absolutely in shape, and now I can see that his acting is far beyond just even the great promos he's done in the past. I went, oh, wait, no, he knows the details of saying something. Deets. He knows the deets. So, yeah, I was really impressed by that, and I loved the back and forth, and it actually made me think that AJ might join Judgment Day. And it also, yeah, no, he was on was, the phone. It made me think, what if we see a return of the Good Brothers, and we see Judgment Day versus a club? A club, B club? A All club, D club, O club, G club. OG club? I mean, as of right now, if I'm the Good Brothers... I'd be on the fence about it because I'd say, hey, something about being murdered by The Undertaker as our last match is pretty fucking cool. Yeah. Right? That's pretty fucking cool. The last time you ever saw the Good Brothers in WWE was in the in the graveyard match against Undertaker where he chokeslammed them off a fucking building so it's safe to say they've been dead forever. Yep. It's kind of cool. Hey, how did, your, how did your run in WWE? We were murdered by The Undertaker. Oh, shit. (laughs) It's not bad. But I'd be hard-pressed to go, what if we did the club the way Triple H wants to do the club with AJ against Judgment Day? I'd be real hard-pressed to not say, uh, what more can you tell me? Yeah. Well, and that's the thing that gets me is, you know, Triple H came out and said, you know, Survivor Series is going to be war games, but it's going to be more story-driven. Like, I'm more intrigued with this Survivor Series than I've been in a Survivor Series in quite some time. Because there's so many... Yeah, at least. Because there are so many... Especially knowing that, there's so many possibilities on who they could put in the War Games match. Like you said, we just said Club and Judgment Day. You know, Brawling Brutes and Imperium would be a cool one. Um, mm. uh, Maximum Male Models. Bloodline. Yeah. Okay, well. Yeah. Like, you know, there's a few, like, hey, we're not far-fetched from this. Yeah. And you damage know? control so, on the women's side? Yeah, the women's one's a little more outside of damage control and, excuse me, Alexa and Asuka and Bianca are a little more clear-cut, I think. Because I think that's your only option right now. I think you have other options there, too, because, I mean, you could also bring up Toxic Attraction. If you're going to do Survivor Series and have War Games in it, you can have some pairings of NXT people and not have them called up all the way to NXT. At the same time, I think Toxic Attraction is ready to come up, but we'll see. Mm -hmm. I don't know. I'm pretty excited for Survivor Series, too. The last thing that happened on this show that we didn't really talk about, unless there's anything I'm missing here, was the main event, which is Bailey and Alexa. Yeah. I thought it was cool that they like, went over Bailey or uh, Alexa's career. Sorry. Yes, that was yeah, great. Yeah. But right before we get to that, there was a backstage segment, which was uh, Riddle and Seth beating the snot out of each other. And oh, yeah. Seth says, anytime, anywhere. And then Riddle says, extreme rules, fight pit. And Seth Rollins goes, oh, what's shit. that? <laughs> <laughs> I didn't I didn't think you'd say that one. 
Yeah. Hold Never on. mind. <laughs> I'll have my people call your people. Yeah. Okay. That sounds complicated. Prop. Let's say yeah. no for now, and yeah. we'll. I don't know about that. I didn't That's think disgusting. you'd say that. I don't know. Bringing the fight pit to extreme rules. We've talked about it before with Riddle that he's a dude who should be bringing that fight pit with him. Especially you got Champa up there. You get Riddle or Usher in the fight pit with Seth. It sets a precedence of what this fight pit can be. You can build down the line to where you get Champa and Miz in a fight pit, and Miz gets no offense in, and it's disgusting and brutal and be amazing. But <laughs> this could be really cool. Fight pit. Extreme Rules, War Games, War Games. Water Games. As soon as they announced that Survivor Series was going to be War Games, I imagined Cody Rhodes was at home kind of crying. Cody. Happy tears, sad tears, all the tears. Cody, you know, was at home and heard that and just went, that's amazing, and then just cried so hard and so loud. And just said, I'm not going to be in the main roster War Games debut. I wasn't in Blood and Guts in AEW. I wasn't in War Games in any of the fucking NXTs. What's the motherfucker got to do to get in the goddamn War Games around here? Yeah. That's what Cody's got to be doing at home. Oh, yeah. Just ugly crying. (laughs) Ugly crying for sure. Snot coming out of his eyes and ears. (laughs) Brandy smacks his titty and says, hey, get it. Get it together. Yeah, you know how how kids start crying uh, really hard and make no noise for like thirty four seconds as their face turns purple. That was Cody. I've never seen it. You've never seen it. (laughs) He just (gasps) yeah, making no noise. Yeah, like it's their last breath. (laughs) Yes, like it's their last breath on earth. (laughs) Yeah. To me, that's yeah, what happened they, when Cody heard that War Games was. He went, "That's amazing!" and then immediately, yeah. <laughs> yeah, I feel bad for Cody more than anybody in the world. There's no one in the world who has a worse life than Cody Rhodes. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Cody's like, dude. The fuck? Sorry, like, have you met my friend? Have you met my friend, the Miz? Yeah. Um, uh, yeah, exciting, but I feel so bad for him. I mean, if we don't get Cody Rhodes in War Games next year, like the world's in shambles, right? Yeah. See, the only thing is, like, see, and that's where I think you have to mix straight or. Uh, Survivor Series rules with War Games because if not, War Games seems something that should be more extreme rules driven. Yeah, because yeah. that's like when remember when WWE was doing extreme rules and TLC in the same year. Like this is the same paper. Yes, this is stupid. Yes, <clears throat> and they very rarely even had fucking stipulation matches. Yeah. Yeah. We'll give you the one table match, the one ladder match, and the one chair match. Yes. But, I mean, yeah, I mean, like I said, I'm very interested in this. My mind, you know, fucking going crazy. Like, I want to see, I just think, if you know, WWE 
always anything that WCW did, WWE, when they adopted it, did it and tried to do it better. And then they brought it to NXT and it was just the same, which was it's fine. You know, War Games is War Games. But I think if they, you know, hey, first time ever Survivor Series, this is how we're going to do it. Like, I think this could be, I don't think it's going to be a one-off. Mm-hmm. You know, you know, because a lot of times you have the stipulations where, well, like, um, uh, that stupid paper popped in my head. I don't want to acknowledge it. But, um, Great Balls of Fire. Yeah, that was the one. <laughs> <laughs> but, uh, what was the one? Not Evolution. What was the women's one? Evolution. It was oh, Evolution? Women's Revolution, yeah. Yeah, but it was, it was a one off. Like, at first, yeah. we we're like, oh, great, this is going to be awesome. Like, every year we're going to get this. And then it was just a one-off. And it was like, all right, that sucked. Like, I think War Games Survivor Series, it can't be a one-off. Like, it, it's such a great pairing that if you mi- truly combine them, I think it would be amazing. Because if not, it's just War Games. It's not Survivor Series. Unless they have traditional Survivor Series matches as well as War Games. Yeah. Which I think they should do both, yeah. I think yeah. we should have a War Games women's and a War Games men, and they should have two to three Survivor Series style matches: a tag team, a men's, and a, and maybe a women's of Survivor Series style matches that just culminates also at the end of the night with a men's and women's uh, uh, War Games style match. Like, I think you combine the two. Like the the main event is a double main event: women's then men's War Games, or maybe you open with the women's War Games, close with the men's War Games. And in the middle, you have three Survivor Series style matches. Yeah. And so I would do it. And I'd leave Johnny Morgano yeah. off the card. Fuck put, that guy. I'm just kidding. Zia I'm just joking. Put Zia Lee in there. She wins the whole thing. All of them. All five matches, Zia Lee wins. Yes. Yeah. Sort of like how uh, the other thing... SummerSlam was going to be Gargano's SummerSlam. Zia yeah. Lee is going to be Survivor Series. Yeah. We're, we're a month later. We're, a yeah, we're way off. Early. We nailed it, but we're way off. Yeah, for sure. But, um, you know, another thing that I'm surprised no one's talked about is we're not getting any Hell in the Cell this year. You're not happy about that? No, no. No, I want to see Hell in the Cell. I love Hell in the Cell. Here's what saying, makes no me happy about that. About yes. Yes, no one's talking about it, but it makes me happy because it makes me think... Especially when you think about the end of the uh, end of an era, it makes me think with Triple H. He says, "Let's stop forcing Hell in a Cell matches for just any given October." Yeah, and let's start putting Hell in a Cell matches in other pay per views. I bet you we get a Hell in a Cell match by the end of the year, and it's not in a pay per view called Hell in a Cell. They won. Yeah, no, one hundred percent because that's the way Hell in a Cell was for the longest time. Exactly. The most famous Hell in a Cell of all time was in King of the Ring. Was it? Was that the Taker yep. Ring kind of one? Yep. It was, uh, I believe it was 98 King of the Ring had Hell in a Cell. Was... We got Damn Ring King of the Ring back too after Woods won it. He buried that shit. King of the Ring's got to come back for sure. Wood, well, Woods won it, but then uh, King Corbin won it. He was a fantastic king. Oh, wait. Then you're right. Oh, no, Corbin king, won it first. You're right. Woods won it after, and he's still walking around with yeah. the thing, but they don't even call him King Woods. Yeah, well, he got hurt, and then. 
It's a bummer, dude. And then uh, Zelina won the Queen of the Ring. And we haven't seen her for a long time. She hasn't been around for a while, but when she does show up, she is wearing the crown. And I will say that she was at the WrestleMania kickoff ticket sales party at SoFi. And she had a crown there. And as a side note, insider did info. When she was walking around backstage with it on, she was talking about how fucking heavy all of her headgear is. I know. Makes her her afterwards, but she wears it because she thinks it's a badass. And I was like, that's fucking cool. Because I thought she had really lightweight stuff. One of them was missing a little piece of like glass on the side, the stained glass thing. She was still rocking it and talking about how fucking heavy it all was. And I just was all like, I was just watching her talk about stuff. And I'm just sitting off to the side like, mad respect, queen. Yeah. She's over there popping the pieces off herself so it gets lighter. Yeah. You know who was remarkably Uh, approachable? In every instance of when I did approach them versus thinking I could approach them, uh, it was Bianca. I can see that. She was she remarkably approachable. And like, hey, I appreciate it. Like, I've kind of I've been in your shoes. She was very warm to anyone who had anything to say to her whatsoever at all. And I think that was take super... take her temperature? How do you know she was warm? Yeah, Absolutely. No, um, yeah, a hundred percent. Like it just anyone who I saw approach her at all. Liv mm-hmm. was pretty approachable and very nice of those who did, but I never got past feeling too nervous to do so. But I, I mean, did it's see Liv it's Liv Morgan. She's a champion, goddammit. Yeah. Bianca's champion too, but um but yeah, there was a uh yeah. I just thought that was notable. It was really cool. Um, also super, super, super warm was Nikki Ash, Nikki A.S.H. We were passing each other in like a hallway and I went, Nikki. And she just went, hi, like super bubbly. "Ah!" And I was just like, (laughs) (laughs) I can like turn around and walked away. I was like, never mind. Can't handle this. All I can think of is that gif that they got from, uh, get him to the Greek where, oh yeah. uh, What's his name? And he's like, up. Ah! yeah, yeah, yeah cool. not too far <laughs> off. Yeah. Uh, let's talk about the end of, of raw though. We had Bailey versus Alexa bliss. Bailey won because she's the goddamn best. So of course she won. Anyone who thought otherwise could go straight to hell. I'm just kidding. Um, hey, she had, hmm? she had to win. Yeah, she had to win because she's the greatest of all time. She's the GOAT. She's the best. She's not the boat. That's okay. Natalia's the boat. She's the best of all time. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, but, I, but I thought this match was actually awesome. It was fantastic. Oh, it was they great. Have, it was cool. To... Ever like since Alexa's before. return at Battlegrounds. Or no, Stomping Grounds. Ever since that return, we've had a different Alexa, and the chemistry between Bailey and Alexa has been impeccable where their matches before that match were so choppy and awkward there was a shift that happened when alexa came off injury and everything after the words has been so different and this was another one of those all like no no no, we work great together and you go oh yeah you do Mm -hmm. like this was fantastic this is the kind of match i felt like should keep alexa in the conversation for title matches you know this was great yeah in my mind well and that's like i said that's the thing i loved was uh you know, they showed the video package of Alexa, like, hey, like, 
Yeah. You know, this is, you know, in case you didn't know, type of thing. Like, she's got a pedigree. She's not just a crazy lady and, you know, Oscar's partner. Like, she's, you know, she's put in work. She's put, she has many accolades in her career. And it was cool that they showed that. Yes. And, you know, then she had this match with Bailey. It was a great match. You know, both are great. I love them both. And, yeah, wouldn't mind seeing it down the road again. Yeah, it's been fantastic. After the match, Damage Control beats the snot out of Bianca. Bailey grabs her uh, mic. What? Alexa first. They beat the shit out of Bianca. Yeah, and then they beat the shit out of Bianca. Bailey grabs the mic, says, I get what I want, and what I want is a championship match with you at Extreme Rules. She said, give me what I want. Give me what I want. Give me what I want. I want it now. Give me what I want. I'm excited and at the same time disappointed. Only in that mm-hmm. I think Bailey dangling that win over Bianca could have gone on for six, seven months easy. Yeah. Just let Bianca have win after win after win and, and contender after contender after contender. And every time Bailey's walking around and Bianca's like, why don't you just fucking do this? And she goes, because I can do it whenever I want. I beat you before. Mm-hmm. Have your fun. Like, be dismissive of it as they're oh, building yeah. damage Beating, control. Yeah. Bianca's, hey, I challenged uh, Bailey. And then Bailey, ah, nah. Yeah. I have, beating you, I have nothing to prove there. It doesn't. Yeah. I've done that so many times. Time. I'm bored of it. I'd rather do something more yeah. interesting. I I thought the same exact thing. I thought they cut it short, especially since when I think it was last week or maybe the week before when um, Damage Control was on SmackDown and they said, "Oh, Bailey and Damage Control can be on any brand now because they have the tag titles." For I'm sure. like, cool. Bailey's gonna meddle in with. Maybe Liv or Ronda down the way a little bit. And I do think, like you said, I think they dangled that over Bianca. Yeah. And, Just, you know, cut it short to her. Yeah. Drive Bianca crazy for months and build it up until fucking like Royal Rumble. You know what I mean? Like yeah. what, we're oh, in yeah. September, October, November, December. You got three months, four months to just yeah. dangle that shit over it and just be like, yeah. look, I'll do it when I want. I don't fucking want to. Yeah. You yeah. know, and have Bianca and especially, you know, challenging her and ba- Bailey saying no, like, yeah. Well, and especially yeah. since you know, there's so much done on social media nowadays where Bianca could just be sitting there saying, "Hey, I'm the EST, I'm the EST," and then Bailey tweets out, "Except against me." Yeah, except you when know, it comes to me, you're not like, like yeah, yeah, dude. I, yeah, I beat you. That was Everything. the only thought I had. My sauce was like, "Fuck, that's too soon." I would have dangled it, but I do yeah. agree with you. With the uh, just to go back slightly, the Alexa package before the match was phenomenal, mm-hmm. especially given the promo in the beginning of the show where she's like, "Believe me, I'd like to be a pain in your ass again," and then to show all the iterations of Alexa and the dominance of who Alexa was versus who she is now. Mm-hmm. Awesome way to set up the match. Awesome way to do the match. They both showed up and performed, and everyone everyone involved I thought was doing an awesome job. I want to ask you this. I've seen a lot of criticisms online, Kev, from the IWC, who we like to hold accountable here in the dive bar of the IWC, because we like to drink and yell at people. 
Say what? But we will hold I said Twitter may not, but we will hold them accountable. Yes, Twitter will definitely not hold you accountable. We will, because this show is set apart by pointless aggression. This is um, the wrestling on the rocks court. Yeah, wrestling on the rocks court. In session. Mm-hmm. A lot um, of people are saying that damage control has been disappointing. They're fucking stupid. Face right. <laughs> right, And you have to expand. <laughs> no, go ahead. Go ahead. Yeah, no, I mean, I don't know why they think <laughs> They said it's been disappointing and that uh, Dakota's been underwhelming. The EO talks too much. That the, the team loses too often and they don't look strong enough. Oh, well, I mean, I'm I'm not gonna say they're idiots, but they're dumb, for yeah. sure. I do think that the only complaint I've ever had about them as a story at this point, and this only comes from complete bias, because <laughs> everything Bailey does is absolute perfection sure. in every way, mm-hmm. everything. Yeah. She could kick a puppy and it'd be perfect. No. What? No. Yeah. Yeah, she could. I'm not saying she should. I'm saying if she did, don't. she would do it right. Okay. That's all. <laughs> She's not gonna half-ass. She won't half-ass it. <laughs> they, uh, my only complaint has been that damage control is consistently outnumbered by baby faces and punked out by baby faces. So somehow the heels are the underdogs in a story where you think mm-hmm. you want to be rooting for the baby faces. But here I am saying that the baby faces need to get what's coming to them. Which I don't even half mind because I'm a big fan of the damage control anyways. I'm cheering for them regardless. At the same time, at Clash of the Castle, I'm watching damage control against Bianca, Alexa, and and Asuka. And I'm wearing an Alexa Bliss shirt Mm -hmm. at the time. You know what I mean? Because, look, all these women are fantastic. And I love a lot of these wrestlers. They're great, right? I can appreciate both sides of the story and go, oh, I, I know I want this team to win. My heart's in this one, right? But you can see where they're going. This is the only one where as I watch where they're going, I go, do they want me to want the bad guys to win? Because they're constantly making it look like they need to get their comeuppance on the yeah. good guys. You know yeah. what I mean? Which I would hardly call a disappointment on the the place of the faction. I would just say it's a weird direction to go with the story. Yeah. Right? Because here's the thing. Yeah. Because here's the thing. I don't know how any of them can sit there and say that they lose too much. Yeah. Because how, how many times have they lost? They lost Twice. the original. Yeah. The original tournament. And that's the only time I can think they lost. Yeah. I don't know. That's what I mean. Like, I don't see a lot of ground in it. But I want to know what yeah. you thought of it because people are saying it. And in my mind, I was like, am I so biased that all I see is the, the other side? No, I mean, it's... Because, like you said, the, the them saying that they lose too much fucking gets me. Them saying EO talks too much. Like, you know, this to me, this is one of the scenarios where you're damned if you do, you're damned if you don't. Yes. Like, if... If EO doesn't talk at all, you're complaining she doesn't talk. If she talks too much, you're complaining that she talks too much. People just bitch to bitch and complain, and, like, it's dumb. You know, Dakota being underwhelming, like, 
they're they're not building her as this giant force like they did uh, Shayna yes. or anything like that. Like she's human. She may win. She may not. You know, she's doing. I, you know, I don't have any complaints with her. Like I think she's done well outside of missing. You know, a botcher here. You know, in a match every once in a while or whatnot. But I just don't get it. Like I said, I think this is one of those where. People were just complaining to complain. Here's where I think you hit the nail on their head was complaining to complain or complaining because of their own bias, right? They don't want mm-hmm. to like this group because this mm-hmm. group isn't their favorites or whatever. Or maybe they're heavily invested in some other weird narrative. I don't know. But the complaints I'm hearing to me feels like someone who's decided before watching a thing they will now hate this thing and they need reasons to complain. So they watch everything they do so closely they can say, this went on too long. I don't like this this way. Not because of what was delivered, but because they were counting minutes and counting seconds and saying, how many sentences was that? Three? I'd have given her two. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like It wasn't hearing... done exactly how I would. Yeah. That last sentence, I could have done without. She's talking way too mm-hmm. long. No, what? No, like... She didn't think, have to speak in Japanese. Yes. I think that where my bias is, I'll give them leeway. Their bias is where they won't give them any. And I do think where you lie is there's a middle ground of mm-hmm. it's also fine the way that it is. Like, yeah. It's live performance, pal. Yeah. So, yeah, I agree. I agree with that. One other thing I really liked. At the end, when uh, Bailey did the rose plant on Bianca after the match, she was mm-hmm. as she put her in the move. She calls her a stupid idiot and lands the move, <laughs> <laughs> and it came across so clear. And in the replay, they go just to the move, and so all you hear is "idiot" right before she hits it. <laughs> mm-hmm. I just couldn't help but cackle and laugh at the idea of like "stupid idiot." And she does it, and then they're like, let's go to the replay, and you just hear, idiot! <laughs> like, <laughs> like, what an obnoxious fucking jerk. But, but that's what they want from you, you know? You want from a like, Yes. You want the obnoxiousness, you know? I can't help but laugh when I realize how annoying someone's being and they're trying to be. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, I'm watching Bailey do stuff, and I, all of a sudden I just start laughing. And Priestley is like, what? And I was like, she's so fucking obnoxious. Same thing with Carmella. Yeah, that's why we love Carmella. That's why we love Carmella. Because she's so good at being so obnoxious that you can't help but just laugh. Because you're... You both parts love this person. Uh-huh. And your equal part, this person is grading you at how annoying they're being. And all you can do is laugh because you go, this person's so great and they're fucking so annoying right now. And you just start laughing and you go, what a fucking obnoxious person. Like, Uh it's fantastic. I put Bailey and Carmela in that same conversation of you can't help but love everything they're doing. And every time they just annoy the shit out of you, you can't help but laugh because they got you. And what are you talking about since the beginning, since episode one? We love getting worked, being annoyed by people who are trying to annoy us. Work me. Yeah. Work it, bitch, as Britney Spears says. Work me. 
I think she said that. Yeah, sounds right. Sounds about. Sounds like a Britney thing. Yeah. Uh, anything else happened this week you wanted to hit on at all? Um, I saw one thing online I, I was going to bring up when we were talking about Lena Vega. Did uh, Malachi get released by AEW? Is that true or not? Uh, yes. So there's a few things about it. Malachi did actually, now that you mention it, put out a thing, which I believe what I'm going to do is tomorrow I'm going to read all of what he said about it. Uh, because tomorrow night's when we really dig into AEW and, and NXT with Miss Amanda Jane here in the dive bar of the IWC. But yes, ultimately he has been released. Whether it was a conditional release or not was the back and forth. People were saying it was a conditional release, that he's not allowed to sign with WWE. Um, that as soon as he got released, Tony Khan uh, tried to copyright and still in works House of Black. So, so... Uh, Malachi would not be able to utilize any of those uh, concepts in any other iteration on any other TV show, but that the the crux of it all is that it was based around mental health, that he needed time away due to mental health. Um, I think as much as people want to say that everyone's doing things right a lot of the time, or that this is what sets one company apart from the other. If AEW is granting him a release for mental health, all I'm going to say is if the company then says we're adding a an, uh, non-compete for X number of months, you can't sign with, if you're providing a conditional release and then also copywriting that person's IP, then the company doing that is not doing it for mental health and they don't believe in the mental health. So I would say even best case scenario, Tony Khan thinks Malachi Black's a goddamn liar. Yeah. But Malachi Black is no longer working for AEW, yes. That's the other thing is, you know, not obviously it's just rumors, but if it's, it is mental health, then why fully release I would say if it's mental health, why not fully release them? Why partially release them or why release them to a conditional release? Like if it's strictly mental health and if you truly believe that that person needs space away without considering anything for their mental health, then why would you not just say, you know what? You're released. And if I'm not an asshole and you say to me, and let's pretend this company actually made money. I need time away from wrestling on the rocks, which sounds like you need like three weeks away as we determined. Would I not say to you, I'm going to let you walk away. Don't worry about it. But as a courtesy to me, to the one who's giving you that freedom, when you're ready to come back, can you please call me first? And when you call the other company second, to hear what they have to say, which you by all means should as a professional. Can you also call me after that and give me a chance to counter offer? Can we as men make that agreement, businessmen and women make the agreement that I will grant you this release unconditional as long as you reach out to me first and give me the opportunity to counter them and we'll call that that versus saying negotiate, right? 
versus saying, yeah. I'll grant you release, but you can't do X, Y, Z. You're not going to do uh, A, B, C. And matter of fact, I'm going to take your IP for all that it's worth as well. How about that, mental health son of a bitch? That's what it feels yeah. like to me. The other thing, too, is to me, it's weird that Tony Khan didn't trademark that shit before. Dude. That was my first thought when they said that he uh, petitioned to trademark House of Black. I was like, now? Because <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> like, how hilarious would it if, you know, Triple H got wind of that? Like, hey, th- just to let you know, this isn't trademark. And Triple's like, let me call my lawyer. <laughs> and then takes it. And then immediately uses it. And then, you know, AEW's just standing there with their dick in their hand like, fuck, we can't use that anymore. <laughs> like, yeah. Dude, I would have absolutely, if I had the money Triple H had, 100%, if I was all like, hey, did you realize that uh, AEW hasn't trademarked MJF as a trademark, neither has the guy? I'd be like, oh, I'm going to go ahead and take that. I'm going to trademark that. Just to watch them squirm now. I would absolutely do some petty shit like that because I'm here for the pettiness. But yeah, House of Black to be untrademarked for three years while they've been using it? The idea that WWE didn't just trademark it for the fuck of it. Just to giggle at fucking parties afterwards. Mm-hmm. A thousand percent. If I could have, if I realized it was untrademarked, I would have trademarked it myself. Just so right. AEW had to reach out and say, hey, we actually need that. Do you? Because I own it. What are you going to do? <laughs> I'm going to probably start going through a bunch of their fucking IP now and seeing what's trademarked and not and see if I can't trademark something <laughs> from out from under them. Right. Uh, hey, turns out you can't use Keith Lee, guys. I have it as Wrestling on the Rocks. I own Keith Lee as a name so, for all yeah. wrestling-related items. Mm-hmm. And then they're going to turn around. And just... Turns out you trademarked Wrestling on the Rocks incorrectly. We did it correctly, and so now you can't use it unless you give it back. I'm like, all right, fair trade. Fair trade. We'll do it. <laughs> like that. Yeah. It'd be the spirit of wrestling. Dude, I'm going to trademark Tony Khan as a name for all things wrestling related. Yeah. <laughs> AEW itself isn't trademarked. <laughs> uh, yeah, AEW never actually got trademarked. <laughs> all League Wrestling did, AEW did not. Yeah. <laughs> Grim Reaper says, I agree with you, Marsh. Take the positive road when it comes to mental health. That's how I felt about it, man. Was Yeah. If I really, if I believed the person coming to me, that you would say, I'm going to grant you this but i want you to give me a business courtesy back but -hmm. all this fucking conditional stuff and contract stuff and that to me starts to feel a little dirty i'm like okay someone doesn't believe someone else this feels like negative intent this doesn't feel like a positive intent concept you know what i mean i like to proceed most things with believing in positive intent of the person who's telling it to me and everything I'm seeing as a reaction to what Malachi said to Tony feels like a negative re- intent reaction, you know? So, I don't know. Take it for what it is. Eat a fucking cupcake and yell about everyone you work with. Um, but yeah, Malachi's free. So do you think, here's the one thing we didn't talk about, Kevin. I know we're running long. We're running way long for us. Yeah. But I do want to know, did you notice... When Austin Theory was in the back getting ready for his match, there was a QR code behind him. Then at the 923 man. What? The fan that was rocking with the QR code? 
that happened at nine at at nine o'clock and twenty three minutes. A fan walked by with a QR code. Did you notice those things? I noticed the QR code with the fan. Did you pull it up? No. I wish I'd asked you this beforehand. So, the QR code leads you to a video. You haven't been online, right? Really on Twitter? So, there's in in uh, uh, at the live event starting last SmackDown, every live event up until this particular Raw. During a commercial break, the lights have gone out and they've played White Rabbit by Jefferson Airplane. Yeah, it's a great song about Alice in Wonderland. Do you know the song? Yeah. 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 Okay, I was about to pull it up, but if you know it. Uh, At one point during the song, the lights all go from white to red. Red. The QR code leads you to a video that shows a game of hangman. You know, with the pick the words and letters in a circle for a head and a line. So that goes through, and it says, uh, who killed the world or who destroyed the world? And the bunny on top of the letters dances over to the word, to the letters one by one D E M O N, only gets the O. Uh, then it starts, and the D's, and then it goes through, uh, X I A W X I X I A Y, and eventually it spells, you did, you destroyed the world. Uh, and it's a little white rabbit that's doing that. So now there's a lot of speculation about this white rabbit. Who's coming back? Is it Bray Wyatt? The font looks like it's Bray Wyatt font from a previous T-shirt. If you haven't seen any of the stuff online, I think that's pretty cool. In that, with the QR code and stuff like that, was your interest peaked about anything at all? Or have you just been so oblivious to this whole thing that you don't give two shits? Uh, I saw it. I just thought it was a fan... Being like, hey, check out my website. Yeah. yeah. So I didn't even, like, care to look at it. I was going to pop it up. Like I said, I saw it, and I was like, ooh, and then I was like, eh. Totally care. fine. Nothing wrong with that. And I'll send you the video after the show so you can just see what it is. And the Jefferson mm-hmm. Airplane song, I believe, is playing during it as well. Um, but they are basically doing an internet-based hype around this thing knowing people will be talking about it so the internet wrestling community can be bubbling over about it but the regular fan base that's not involved in it doesn't have to be hit over the head with this or bombarded with it the belief is that on 923 because when you go to the video it does say 923 at the end which also made it interesting the qr code came back at 9 p.m and 23 minutes however september 23 is this friday on SmackDown. So the belief is that Bray Wyatt may be returning on SmackDown. What I want to ask you is how excited are you going to be when it turns out John Morrison and Bad Bunny have returned as the White Rabbit tag team? Yeah. It's going to be dope. I love John Morrison. To be managed by Adam Rose with the White Rabbit. But why would John Morrison be involved? Because at WrestleMania, when they faced Bad Bunny, they all came out in White Rabbit costumes. Oh, yeah. I remember that. Yeah. I thought you were thinking that John Morrison was the singer of Jefferson Airplane. Bad Morrison, not John Morrison. My bad. Yeah, I can see that. Uh, I do think it'd be really cool if it's Bray. 
I do think that there's a little room for... So here's the other thing. On September 3rd, Triple H said in an interview that he's working at getting uh, Bad Bunny to come back, and it's imminent. So I think it'd be hysterical if it was uh, Bad Bunny. Just Bad yeah. <laughs> I mean... I mean, it, it's... I think... With that money, like, I don't think it's, I don't think it'd go through this much trouble. Correct. I agree. Is this, this is a hundred percent like, you know, the brave thing, you know, the fun house where everyone's wondering, you know, oh, what's this? What's that? What does this mean? You know? And I think it, this also falls in line with, you know, solving the riddle. Yes. So... I mean, like, like I said, I haven't seen it. Um, I would definitely love to see Gray White back. Miss him. But, but yeah, I mean, I, I, there's, too, there's a lot of Gray White references in just what you said. Yes. Uh, even the, it says, feed your head, which is a lyric from the thing. Um, mm-hmm. And there's a, that red circle around the O. Uh, and he was tweeting a ton with red circles. Uh, there's been a few really cool deep dives into concepts on it, including someone who pointed out that, let me pull it up. Hold on, hold on, it's right here. Um, let's see, go to Twitter, uh, Bray Twitter made the post on July 4th. It says, anyone on here know anything about self comma Arkansas? If you are a local and can navigate to the devil's hole, please let me know. And then someone said, this was somebody on Reddit by Gentleman's Bastard is the username. Goes, did some research on South Arkansas and it isn't even a town. Uh, it's a, quote, unincorporated community, which means it doesn't belong to a specific town and it's not its own town. When I looked up the devil's hole in South Arkansas, I got linked to this forum post from 2004. Dude, it's 18 years ago. Um, that link then takes you to says a bunch of crazy stuff about the devil's hole in Boone County in South Arkansas and in red text under the title where it says moderator, the name is white rabbit. White rabbit is the moderator of a Reddit thread about Boone's County devil's hole, South Arkansas, uh, as an unincorporated community created in 2004. What do you think if Bray Wyatt shows up in a big fucking rabbit mask, dude? I mean, it'd be weird. It'd be fucking crazy weird. Yeah. The thing that made it interesting, too, is that... So they kept playing White Rabbit. If you even dig a little bit, not quite as deep, but in Lucha Underground, Karrion Cross was known as the White Rabbit... In a faction called the, fuck, what was it called? Bunny something or rabbit troop, something weird like that. And there was um, Paul London, Carrying Cross, and a couple of luchadors known as uh, the the rabbit troop. And and Carrying was the white rabbit. Carrying said he's not the white rabbit in this aspect, but I just hope what it all leads to is Bray and Carrying joining forces in some crazy fucking wild faction to tear down the bloodline. 
I think it'd be sick. Yeah, but Kieran's going after Drew. He's going to Drew to get to Roman. Yeah. TikTok motherfuckers. He's like he's like diehard. Yippee Kaye TikTok. I just yeah. want to get your input on it. I sent you a link to the website so you can see what they, the QR code led to, uh, and we can talk about it another time. But maybe next week we'll be talking about the return of Bray fucking Wyatt. Wouldn't be the worst thing. No, would not. Anything else you want to throw out there before we get going? Mm. I just realized I hadn't done my due diligence with actually asking if you'd seen this stuff to kind of catch you up to, to date on the white rabbit stuff. Uh, and mm-hmm. I only sent you the one because I don't want to bombard you with all of the, the craziness of it all. Because I think that for one, it's really cool for the WWE to potentially be utilizing the internet to talk itself into a frenzy. Mm-hmm. And for two, I think it's really cool to get the insight of someone like you that avoids it versus someone that like me that kind of like dabbles in it but doesn't get full, like, all-hearted into it. So I think it's kind of fun. Hmm? They go down the rabbit hole. Yeah, not trying to go to that down down rabbit hole. What if it's, like, the return of, like, Skinner? Remember that guy? I think it's going to be Adam Rose with the white rabbit jumping around. It's going to be cool. Yeah. Or it's going to be... No Way Jose. No Way Jose is a white rabbit would be great. I think it'd be amazing. Let me see. I had some other theories in here that made some people pretty mad. Let me see if I can look them up real quick. <laughs> we go. Hold on, I'm reading through. Um, no, no. I missed it. Yeah, I've had a few good theories about who the rabbit could be. Oh, here we go. Oh my Does god! Anyone Did you see this too? Oh, I'll talk about this tomorrow. Never mind. No, the fucking Tony Khan said that uh, Grand Slam is going to be like his um, Wayne stock. He goes, "Anybody see Wayne's World too? Remember Wayne stock? Grand Slam's like my Wayne stock." I was like, "What the fuck is wrong with this guy?" Anyway, Cena making his Guinness World Record. Yeah, Cena. I like how he. Go ahead. I like how he tries to. Uh... Bring up a fake, yeah, like a you know, not even a Woodstock, Wayne Stock. It's a parody of a failed reboot of an actually successful uh, music festival in a movie that was critically decimated. Like, for him to say, we're like Wayne Stock, is like, so you're like the failed sequel of a parody of the failed sequel of the actual event. Because Wayne Stock mm-hmm. was a mockery of Woodstock 99. Like, what the fuck? It was so fucking weird. Uh, but yeah, Adam Rose, John Morrison, Bad Bunny, joining forces as White Rabbit to take on Imperium. It's going to be great. Uh, but we're going to be back tomorrow night to talk more shit about Tony Khan. Talk some shit about um, Grand Slam, whatever's happening tonight. I'm sure there's going to get some loser champion. We'll see what happens. Uh, anything else you want to throw out there before we do last call, Kev? Uh, 
Um, I was just going through the rabbit thing. Oh, holy shit, Jericho won the ROH title from Claudio tonight. Oh, that stomach. Oh. That's fucking bullshit, dude. It's only been on the air for 30 minutes. They already took the ROH title off of Claudio Cesaro for you WWE fans and put it on Jericho. Oh, my God. That is rough. Um, all right. Did you have something you want to say before we go? Um, I just happened to randomly Google uh, a white rabbit tattoo yeah. on wrestlers. And uh, Jeff Hardy, actually. Jeff Hardy has a white rabbit tattoo? Yeah, that he got off of Ink Masters off of Jesse's. That's very interesting. The other thing that's interesting, I think, is uh, Jefferson Airplane is the band and the version they're playing with White Rabbit, whereas there's other cover versions uh, out there. They're using the original Jefferson Airplane version. Jefferson Airplane mm-hmm. does have a song called Let Me In, which is also interesting. So I think it's all fun. What if it's Jeff Hardy? That'd be great. Yeah. If Jeff Hardy showed up as Willow but with the White Rabbit song, that'd be fucking sick. Ready? All right, we're gonna we're gonna Jefferson, I was just gonna try and think where Jefferson Airplanes from, where they originated. Where do they? I don't know where they. Cameron, North Carolina. Yeah, North Carolina. Yeah. Jefferson Airplane. And I was about to pull down my. Based in San Francisco. Not that it matters. I was just trying to think outside of the box on the apparent obvious clues. Yeah, it's true. Uh, No, they're from San Francisco. We'll see. Awesome, man. Well, we'll be back tomorrow night to talk all things AEW and NXT. There's a whole lot of stuff that happened this week. As we saw the rebranding of NXT, everyone said, Black and Gold is back, baby. And I said, maybe it's just the new logo. And it turns out one of us was right. So we're going to talk about it tomorrow night. Tune in tomorrow to find out. (laughs) To find out what happened. Who was right? You heard it here first. Cheers to you. Kevin, anything you want to put over before we go? Any games you want people to watch this weekend? Uh, no. All right. Don't watch shit, guys. You heard it here first. Yeah. <laughs> we'll be back tomorrow night right here at the dive bar of the IWC for a brand new episode one. Guys, that's the last call. Continue or buy us a drink by following and putting the I in subscribe on Twitch. Or subscribe and review our podcast on Apple Podcasts or wherever you listen to us. Cheers! I would never have a drink with wrestling on the rock.